Gentlemen, 2023. You're listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. I am your host, Errol Marks, my co host, Speedy PD. 631 672 3108 is the number to call. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including our show, which airs every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Tonight, 9 p.m., as we've been working on some new and improved uh, content for our show. So we're happy to be on a little bit later on Wednesdays, but uh, it will be moving forward at 7 p.m. as always. Speedy, what's up, man? Had a good weekend in Bob in Boston. Went up to in Boston, 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 Boston. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, oh, Boston. My, my my family. I didn't get to go to this, but my family ended up going to the uh, one of the outdoor hockey games. It was at Fenway Park. There was a lot Ooh, of them, that. and we also celebrated my brother college Ains. hockey. Right? Yes, Northeastern against UConn, Battle of the Huskies. Yes, the Huskers. Uh, no, that's Nebraska. I but know. Uh, I know. Uh, also celebrated my brother Aiden's 20th birthday. Uh, we went out to this. Uh, Do you want me to sing happy birthday? You want to sing happy birthday? No, Aiden? I don't. Okay. But I, I could if you I, want. I, I didn't Is he listening so. to the show? Uh, we'll see. I'm not sure. I'm, I could <laughs> sing to him. I'm not sure. Anything is better than you try to sing to that uh, that. <laughs> that UFC guy or whatever you oh, did. Please. Oh, please. When you did okay. that like three years ago. Yes. I guess anything's better Tom than that. Tom Sconzo. <laughs> yes. Uh, he but... actually runs uh, the Bare Knuckles uh, over there in Oklahoma. So, yeah. Is now. That, is that direct competition to Sean Merriman's company? No. Uh, no. Sean Merriman doesn't do Bare Knuckles. Okay. He does MMA. All right. I, again, combat sports, <laughs> not my thing. I know uh, you, were, you and Sean were definitely uh, – Going I am getting it. better. My cough is getting better. Yeah. So I know you I'm and Sean were definitely chatting, chatting about that when we, when we had him on the show last mm-hmm. year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know all the direct technicalities. What's bare knuckle? What's real boxing? What's UFC? All that stuff. Well, but, mixed martial arts is mixed martial mixed arts. Martial, yes. Yeah, all, all that. Uh, I, just, I just classify it as combat sports. That's all I ever It is else. combat sports. Okay. Yes, right. bare knuckles is now combat sports. Yes. But, yeah, but overall, a fun weekend. We actually went to a uh, – a, go- a golf place that's a lot like Top Golf, but it was even more exclusive than that. They had all these different colorful things, all these different game Ooh. modes with golf too. Yeah, it was very interesting. And we went uh, same kind of thing with this uh, billiard and uh, uh, bowling place too. It was like all glowing, glow in the dark. It was like a large like you like it glowing in the dark, don't it was, you? Yeah, it was like this large ballroom, and it mm. was very interesting. We, yeah, a lot of different things in the mansion. We actually stayed in a mansion too. That was like you a, stayed a, in a mansion. We said yeah, it was an Airbnb. We stayed in a Look mansion. Uh, it was like a 19th Any jacuzzis? Century. No, no, no. It was like a 19th century. Old, it was like an old-fashioned How many mansion. were there? How many were you? You'd say seven. Seven people. Seven. So and then many? there was another. So another, I thought it was your brothers and you. And, no, it was. And my, his girlfriend. It was my whole family and his girlfriend. So your, your mother and your father. Yeah, they were there too. You didn't say that. Oh, I didn't? No, you didn't say that you were with I your said parents. My family. Yeah. I, I did say my family. You okay. said it was just your, you know, your brothers and his girlfriend. 
Oh, I didn't. Okay, no, I, I thought it was a family, but all right. Mm. Never mind. You do everything as a family. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, no, they, were, they weren't missing that, especially with, my, with, her, with his birthday. Why, why did you go to a 19th century? It was, what, what is, is, is it, was a, it was a mansion that had a lot of histor- historic stuff mm. w- with Boston and also had a lot of. A lot was of it very, like a museum by itself? Kind of, yeah. It was like a smaller museum. We actually also went to another museum. Too. Was it was haunted? Too. No, I wish, but no. That would have been funny. We also <laughs> went to a, You wanted to be a haunted why not? mansion? I feel like that could be interesting. A spooky, Sleeping, spooky, spooky, mansion? spooky mansion. With ghosts and all I think crazy that, stuff. I think that would be cool. You think that would be cool? Yeah. You'd be sleeping in your bed, dealing with ghosts, going under the covers, and maybe seeing things. I think things. that would be an interesting experience, yes. Do you think they'd be interested going under the cover and looking at you naked? I don't know. I mean, you do I don't sleep, sleep naked. What do you so, sleep with? Do you sleep with uh, do you, boxers? What do you sleep with? Pajama pants and either a warmer shirt if it's cold or a short shirt. So you don't shirt. sleep naked? No. Why not? No, I don't sleep naked. You don't like the nice satin sheets against your back? No, because I actually, if I take my shirt off for too long, I get itchy. So that doesn't help either. So you don't like to sleep naked. Okay, we no. got it. No, I don't. Interesting. Does any of your brothers sleep naked? I have no idea. You should ask them. I'm not curious about that. I mean, could you imagine a ghost go under, you know, the covers when you're naked? Yes, I could. But... And I think that ghost would probably screech more than you would. Maybe. I mean, we all know about you. What about your brothers? What? If they don't do that either. How would you know that? I don't know. I haven't asked them. Why but, would Why would, would anyone you... evaluate if people screech? Well, I, well I, again, it's just a question that I'm asking, asking you. So, anyways... Uh, we got a great we have a great show lined up for you guys. Uh, we do not have any guests tonight. We'll have two of them tomorrow. It's it, there's a lot of content. There's a lot of stuff that we have to get into. So I think it's better off for three hours just getting into the content, getting the fans involved with this show. And you guys can call the show again. The number is six three one six seven two thirty one zero eight. Mike Lafleur is no longer the Jets' offensive coordinator as they both decide to part ways with one another uh, in just two seasons. The Cardinals fire. Cliff Kingsbury will also look to trade DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. Oh, New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean McVay says he is con- uh, contemplating stepping away from coaching. You know what that means, right? Sean Payton. Sean Payton. If, if Sean McVay is thinking about walking away, it obviously he's interested in another job and uh, he knows the Rams have no future. He won his Super Bowl, so why not walk away and give it to, you know, Sean Payton and, and, and a guy One that Sean or the other. Yeah. Well, he wants he wants to go to L.A. Yeah. He wants to work out west, so that makes sense. Um, Carlos Correa signs back with the Twins, not the Mets, on a six-year, two hundred million dollar maker deal. Uh, team options for at least 10 years, which can make him a $270 million player if he has 600 plate appearances in the final year. Mm. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, There's uh, the incentive. We were trying to figure out what they were. That's an incentive. All right. Uh, Kevin Durant out for at least a month with another MCL sprain. Tua officially out. Lamar Jackson still not practicing for the playoff matchup, so that could be uh, – Done for Baltimore as well. Uh, I, I think if, if Lamar Jackson's smart, he sits out for this playoff game because he is going to make a lot of money in the offseason and he could be a free agent or could be traded. So protect himself and get a lot of money in the offseason. Uh, playoff bracket, bracket uh, number seven, C- Seattle versus the 49ers. The Giants 
versus the Vikings, the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers, the Dolphins versus the Bills, the Ravens versus the Bengals, the Chargers versus the Jaguars, and the two by teams, the Eagles and the Chiefs. So why don't we get into it? And it, it, it has to start to this because this is where the news was breaking. First, in you know, over the last couple of hours, actually, early this morning at 10.30 a.m., I get a text from Josh Silverberg. And he tells me that uh, one of these very known reporters said that Mike LaFleur is out and said that it's gone. He's gone. Thank God. Let's move on. Let's get a, a veteran offensive coordinator in uh, to help Zach Wilson develop. And I've been saying this for a few years now, actually a year and a half. And we will get into that in just a few moments because I, I've been saying this over and over and over again. I, I'm trying to get Aaron Wilson, who works for the NFL, at 10.30 a.m. said, uh, hashtag Jets parting ways with offensive coordinator Mike LaFord, according to uh, league sources. He ran their offense for the past uh, two seasons after previous stint with the 49ers. Then uh, that broke, and then somebody said that that's not true. And then Connor Hughes came out and said Mike LaFleur has not been fired, sources tell SNYTV and the Jets. Hashtag Jets. And then probably about three hours ago, it came out, uh, there was a post on the New York Jets Twitter uh, thanking Mike LaFleur and that they're parting ways moving forward without him. So it is official now. Mike LaFleur is no longer the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. And somebody had to take the really the brunt of everything that happened this season. The offense couldn't score in the last six games. The Jets lost six games in, the, in a row at the end of the season. They couldn't put up any numbers. Uh, they wanted to blame Zach Wilson's the fans. Uh, everybody wanted to blame Zach Wilson. But it was the inept offensive play calling by Mike LaFleur. I've been saying that for the last year and a half. At the end of the season last year, I thought the Jets should have parted ways with Mike LaFleur. And they decided to keep him for another year. The Jets often started pretty strong the first five games of the season. It looked like they that Brees Hall was giving them a lot of offense. And, and you could tell that Mike LaFleur didn't trust in Zach Wilson and, and really what his strengths and weaknesses were on the field. He decided to run, run, run. Brees Hall got hurt, and this offense became inept very, very quickly. You look at Mike LaFleur now, uh, throughout the last couple of weeks, it, it really answered a lot of questions on what he was as an offensive play caller. Now, I don't know if he would have worked somewhere else. I don't know if he had a, a veteran quarterback. This offense could have moved a little bit better and more fluent. But what we saw this year was Mike White, where everybody praised him, just like last year when he played and he put up those numbers against the Bengals, and then after that was completely inept. And then this year, coming in against Chicago, putting up great numbers, and then became absolutely inept. He broke his ribs. He was out. He came back. And then you, you've seen what Mike White was. Now, it has a lot to do with the offensive play calling. It does. Now, some they're not going to push Zach Wilson out because if they push Zach Wilson out, 
it makes the Jets look bad because they're the ones that drafted him in the first round at the second pick right behind Trevor Lawrence. And it showed it shows everybody that they failed. They didn't pick the right guy. They didn't pick the future quarterback for this franchise. So they had to put it on somebody else. And Mike LaFleur, as much as it's not all Mike LaFleur's fault, especially the defense. The defense fell apart the last three games of the season, maybe because they were tired. The offense couldn't really put up the numbers that they wanted to put up. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks, which was one of the worst rated defenses in the NFL, I think they were ranked 28th all around. Mm -hmm. 25th against the run. 25th against the run. The Jets couldn't run the ball. They can throw a ball in Seattle. And it really showed where the Jets were offensively and what Mike LaFleur was as a, as a play caller. And again, going into the offseason, and, and you heard Robert Sala say, you know, when, when the press was asking him, and I don't remember who in the press asked him, uh, is Mike LaFleur going to be back next year? And Robert Sala says, I have no answer to that. We will move forward going into the offseason and we'll make our decisions as a group. And with probably within 72 hours, a little bit over 100 hours, you're hearing Mike LaFleur is parting, well, the Jets are parting ways with Mike LaFleur, and it was a mutual agreement. Now, Mike LaFleur will probably go back to the 49ers or probably go work for his brothers with Green, brother with Green Bay. I don't know where he's going, but the Jets needed to find somebody to blame, especially offensively, because they had a breakout offensive player like Garrett Wilson who had over 1,000 yards. No Jet wide receivers ever had that in his first, in a single year for a wide receiver, as a rookie wide receiver. They have that guy now. Elijah Moore really didn't touch the ball until, what, game six of the season? He had like four good games this year, pretty much. A guy who has an amazing ability, you know, put, you putting him in a slot, putting him on the outside who can catch the ball and do a lot of things offensively. Denzel Mims figured things out, but I don't think it had anything to do with Mike LaFleur or the offense. It was just because Corey Davis was hurt and there was a lot of injuries. They had to throw him in there, and he showed that he can go up there and do the things that they thought he was going to do when they drafted him in the second round. Um, I, I think it was from Baylor. But this offense was inept. The offensive line was horrible. They couldn't run the ball after Brees Hall got hurt. And and you could see that they depended too much on the run. They didn't trust in the arm of Zach Wilson. They didn't trust in Zach Wilson's ability to move outside of the pocket and make plays. And when you see the strengths and the weaknesses of quarterbacks, and we've seen this over, look at Daniel Jones. Look what the Giants did with Daniel Jones this year. Dable took over. He was a rookie coach. I always believed that Dable was the quarter. He's the elite when it comes to quarterback whispers, we talk about and we try to say, well, this guy's a quarterback whisper. And that guy, Sean Payton's a quarterback whisper. He's right now he's not coaching in the NFL. They needed to find or, or say that somebody could redevelop a quarterback. And and Dable did it for Josh Allen, completely changed his throwing uh throwing arm rotation. Josh Allen became one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And then his first year, and I'll say this, every Giant fan was running Daniel Jones out of New York. This guy puts over puts up over 3,200 yards, ran over 600 yards. Only three quarterbacks, including him, has done that this year. And gave you almost close to 20 touchdowns. Now, you sit here today and you you go back and forth on what Zach Wilson is. We don't know what Zach Wilson is. 
And there's, there's a lot of reasons why we don't know what he is, and that has a lot to do with the offensive play calling. If you know Zach Wilson's strength, and Michael Floor knows him, he was one of the guys that chose Zach Wilson as the number two pick a couple of years ago. He knows what he's strong at, moving outside of the pocket and making throws. Why wasn't the offense run like that? Lamar Jackson. Baltimore Ravens, when they drafted Lamar Jackson, knew that he was a running quarterback. Run first, run second, throw three. He never, he never throws the ball more than 25 times, 30 times the most a game. Why? Because he's a quarterback that likes to move inside and out of the pocket. They built their offensive line. They built their offense around Lamar Jackson. If you know that Zach Wilson's strength is to run outside of the pocket and make throws on the run, why didn't you build your offense in the offseason like that? That has a lot to do with the inept play calling of Mike LaFleur because he wanted his offense like the 49ers where they didn't have all those pieces. They didn't have the offensive line help that the 49ers have built over the last couple of years. Now, again, this is the way football is. You, you can't blame a, every, one coach for what this team was offensively all season long. Robert Sala is the head coach. He is running the offense. There's no question. He's between the defense and the offense. He's the guy that is the one that the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator have to answer to before the play call or the two play calls are put to the quarterback or to the defense on the field. He's the guy that hears it. He's the one who accepts it. And that's when the play calls are go- they're out there and they make the plays. But my and I, I I believe that Robert Sala didn't want to fight uh, fire Mike Lafleur. Mike Lafleur is Matt Lafleur's brother. Matt Lafleur is his best friend. But this is business. And the Jets losing six games and should have made the playoffs. All they needed to do was win two of those games, those final six games, and the Jets are in the playoffs. Two. Now it was a hard schedule, but and you got to play what's on your your schedule. But that's not an excuse. You had a chance to win. You should have beaten the Patriots both times. If they won those two games against the Patriots, they're in the playoffs. You want to blame a little bit on Zach Wilson? Yes. Zach Wilson was inept offensively this year. He was. But it has a lot to do with the coaching, the development of the kid. Now, is Zach Wilson ever going to be a good quarterback in this league? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of swaying to no. But maybe if they bring in a veteran quarterback, a Derek Carr, a Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe an Aaron Rodgers, or maybe a Lamar Jackson. I don't know. They bring somebody. If it's Lamar Jackson, Zach's gone. Of course. But I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to the Jets. I think he resigns with Baltimore. Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, one of those guys. Those guys are going to be there two years, three years the most. Zach Wilson will play behind one of them. I don't care what Zach said to the press the other day that he's going to make that. Uh, whoever they bring in is going. He's going to make that quarterback. Uh, it, it, think of hell when he when they're on the practice field. Good luck. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what he says. It doesn't. There's a reason why they're going to bring a veteran quarterback in that can make the plays and make the throws is because he couldn't do it this year. He couldn't. And the Jets are out it. But so Mike Lafleur gets fired. The Jets have to move on. Now, there are three offensive coordinators that I've been reading that the Jets are very, 
interested in. You want to hear who they are, Speedy? All righty. What do you got? All right. Gary Kubiak. A guy that's been in the league for a while. He was a head coach for the Broncos, won a Super Bowl. Uh, he was also an offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens when I think they won the Super Bowl. Yep. He's won a couple of Super Bowls. The guy has been away from football for a little bit because of his heart problems. He's a guy the Jets need a veteran guy in that locker room with some of the young coaches that they have there. Kubiak would be a great offensive coordinator for the New York Jets moving forward if it's him. Cliff Kingsbury is another guy that the Jets really, really like. Uh, He has developed quarterbacks, uh, as we all know, Patrick Mahomes, uh, when he played for, I think, Texas Tech, if I'm Mm -hmm. not mistaken. Um, He's worked with Kyler Murray. He's worked with some of these good quarterbacks uh, developing and helping develop these kids' skills. So if they bring in Cliff Kingsbury, I think he could help Zach Wilson develop his skills in the NFL. And there's a third guy. A guy that a lot of people have been talking about uh, over the last couple of years. Could you, uh, could you uh, name that guy, Speedy? I heard Frank Reich as another name they were looking <laughs> at. So. Frank Reich is another guy that uh, has been a very good offensive coordinator. He's helped develop quarterbacks uh, in Philadelphia. He's won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator. Frank Wright is is probably, the, to, to me, out of all three of those guys, the guy that I would bring in. A guy that's very good with young quarterbacks. He works very good. He's had, he's had his background when it comes to working with college quarterbacks. And I think he would really help develop Zach Wilson. And it'll give him a couple of years to really dig in and, and give him the information that they need. Uh, this quarterback to need to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think Reich is actually perfect because I think even if the Jets do bring another veteran quarterback too, then Frank Reich, we've seen him work with older quarterbacks after Andrew Luck retired and make the Colts not necessarily a powerhouse, but sustainable, competitive team. They had Carson Wentz. He had his most efficient season since his MVP season. Phillip Rivers, again, didn't have a great year, but still was efficient at an older age. Jacoby Brissett. A guy that was supposed to be just a journeyman backup quarterback actually had good numbers with the Colts. Was they were six and three at one point that season and looking like a playoff team for a while. So Reich has a lot to do with that too. And then the same kind of thing with somebody like Zach Wilson. I think he's a guy that could definitely learn from somebody like Frank Reich. Different scheme. The Eagles with a lot of young quarterbacks when he was there. Even even when Foles was younger too. Even when uh, not Chip Kelly was there, but again Foles that right after that stretch, even before his MVP year, and then Wentz as well. With the with the MVP year, so I think he has a guy. That's a guy that has a chance to bring leadership there. Kingsbury, I like it from a quarterback development perspective, but you would hope that the play calling the way he did this year doesn't get in the way where he's using all the players the wrong ways. And then Kubiak, he hasn't been coaching in a while because he had heart issues and health issues towards the end of his coaching career in Denver. So. But he has so much experience has, working with quarterbacks. Experience where I think he could be kind of a consultant. I don't know about a raw offensive coordinator, but at least he could be some kind of a consultant where I think that could end up helping Zach Wilson's development, though. So I do agree with it on that on that facet, too. As far as the actual firing itself, I didn't think they would actually do it, but they made the right move to do it, and it proves one thing. Joe Douglas does not have like these personal help where, all right, you're my guy, I have to keep you. No. 
Adam Gase was the one that recommended bringing in Joe Douglas. What did he do? Fired him when he wasn't doing well his second year in the league. Same kind of thing with LaFleur. He has no patience. Joe Douglas has no patience right now. He needs to find a way to put this team in the playoffs. This team has been out of the playoffs for 12 years. They had a chance to make the playoffs this year and completely choked at the end of the season. Six games in a row losing. They lost two games against the Patriots when they should have at least won one and put themselves in a good position to at least win one of those six games and then he'd be where they expected to be. So uh, this is a team that has been really lacking at the quarterback position. And, and something uh, with the offensive coordinator is is that they need to find the right guy. It can't be just, well, I know this guy. I respect this guy. I'm going to bring him in. You need right. to find the right guy that's going to help develop this kid. Because if you think that this kid is the guy, and you expect him to sit the bench next year and watch whoever you bring in there, the Jimmys, the Derricks, or the Aarons, whoever you decide to bring in, even Mike White. And I don't think it's going to be Mike White. I think the Jets already know Mike White will not be with the Jets next year, especially with the fans. You cannot bring that kid back. You cannot, especially the way the fans treated Zach Wilson. They have to bring in a veteran quarterback that's going to sit on the bench and help this kid develop while he is playing as the number one guy. But also, too, you look at a case of Robert Sala and LaFleur, like you were saying, are very tight. But Joe Douglas knows that, all right, football still matters first. And because of that, we're going to still break up this relationship anyway and try to make this work with a actually more coordinator that's more willing to work with the quarterbacks. Because I've said it all year, especially on the weekend crunch, too. Mike LaFleur is stubborn. Like He yeah. wants to, He doesn't evolve with the game plan. He doesn't evolve so with is his, his scheme. So is his brother. His, his brother's very stubborn, too. Look at the Green Bay Packers. They stuck with the same offense and what happened against, against Detroit in the final game of the season. He kept running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And then when they needed to throw the ball, they weren't throwing the ball at the right time, and that cost them the game. Mm-hmm. So offensively, they didn't do what they needed to do to win the game, and that's the same thing with Mike LaFleur. They've been playing, obviously coaching behind Mar- uh, Sean McVay over the years, and Kyle Shanahan. These two guys uh, are, are winners. These guys actually won something. Well, Kyle Shanahan has won a Super Bowl, but he's been in the Super Bowl before as a coach and an offensive coordinator. Right. None of these guys did that. Sean, Matt LaFleur never went to a Super Bowl. He's never won in a Super Bowl, and either did Mike LaFleur. As, yes, he was the wide receiving coach on the 49ers. It doesn't matter. He's never won or been a big part of those championship teams. And that's a big problem in, in the development, of, even as a coach. And Michael Ford might not be an offensive coordinator. He might be just a, a very good wide receiver coach. I don't know if he'll ever get a chance again. Robert Sala is a friend of his. Matt LaFleur is his brother. I don't know if he's going to get a chance. Two years and, and didn't work over there with the Jets, with the weapons that you had. Uh, it showed you that maybe he just didn't fit the scheme, the way they thought he was going to fit when they brought him in there. Yeah, and again, you have to have some kind of adjustments. As good as as good as these other schemes are that you listed, they still adjust within them too. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, they don't just stick to one thing. Matt LaFleur has evolved in different years. Now, this year wasn't as good. I think a lot of what the Packers' struggles this year were on him, the way that he ran the offense. But still, they change. Mike LaFleur doesn't seem like ever changed. He kept trying to stick to the exotic running, and when the running didn't work, like they barely ran the ball at all, so it got predictable for defenses. That's the biggest problem, I think, 
when you look at the Jets conceptually, yes, Zach Wilson struggled. I think a lot of those is on him. But I also think that the running game being as inept as it was in the last month of the season really hurt the Jets. They too. were horrible. The there were games, games where they had less than 60 yards as a team. They were horrible the last six games of the season. They couldn't put any numbers up. Uh, the co- the calls, the play calling was horrible. It didn't matter who the quarterback was. Joe Flacco, uh, Mike White, or Zach Wilson. The play calling was horrible. And, and that has a lot to do with the growth of these quarterbacks. Mike White might have been better in the pocket, maybe can make the throws, but all in all, he wasn't good either. So it didn't matter who was the quarterback with Mike LaFleur. They were going to fail no matter what. All right, we got uh, Kenny on the phone. Kenny, what's up, man? You were wrong again. Jets lost. What are you talking about? I was wrong again. You said they were going to win. They'll win, and a couple teams will lose. And If no. they added the eighth playoff if team, they, but they didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't add the eighth playoff team. Do you listen, Kenny? Uh, how, about your, how about your Giants, Kenny? Uh, who did, the, did the Giants beat the Eagles the other day? No, but they oh, are number oh. six. Oh, they're number, they're number six. six. And who, who did they beat this year? How many 500 teams did they beat this year? Kenny, if you know your Giants so much. How many 500 teams that were over 500? How many teams did they beat this year? You don't know, do you? You don't know, do you? They beat the the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings? No, they didn't. No, they they didn't. didn't Who did they beat? Give me me a team that they won and, and they beat that was over 500. I know, but you said they were going to lose. Hold on one second. Out. Hold on. They, Who, it doesn't matter. The one that how said many? They were going to lose how out. many teams they did the? How many teams did the Giants beat that was over five hundred? Are you going to answer the question? You know your Giants so much. Tell me. The the answer is nada. One. Did they did they beat one? Ravens. Oh, that, that's right. They did beat the Ravens. That's right. They did beat the Ravens. They did. That's the only one, though, Kenny. They everyone beat the else, Ravens. Everyone else was either. That's right. I thought it was none, but I, the, I, the I command, just remember the, the commanders Ravens. were eight, eight, You know what it is? So is I don't even think of the Ravens right now because they, they snuck into the playoffs. I don't know how they snuck into the playoffs the way they played this year. And they don't even have Lamar Jackson. But honestly, you, you talk about the Giants, and yes, they make the playoffs, Jeffs. Who cares? They're in the NFC East, okay? They're in the NFC. It's a week. If the Jets were in the NFC East, they make the playoffs too. They win 10 games easy this year. Easy with the Giants schedule. The Jets, am I right or wrong, Speedy? No, you're probably right. They win 10 games this year. They're in the playoffs. Okay? The Jets are in the AFC East. That doesn't make any excuses. Who cares? But it's just funny how a Giant fan says the Jets suck. But guess what? Guess how many 500 teams the Jets beat this year? Kenny, do you know that answer? I don't know that. I do. They beat three. Okay? They beat three. So you sit here and you, you tell me, oh, the Jets suck. Okay? They beat the Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in the league. Who did the Giants beat? The Baltimore Ravens? They're not even making the play. The Baltimore Ravens are sneaking into the playoffs. They're going to get eliminated. Lamar Jackson's not even probably playing this week. Lamar Jackson wasn't even healthy when they beat the Ravens. So you sit here and you tell me the Jets suck. Okay. And I like the Giants. I've stuck up for Daniel Jones all season long. I think he is a good quarterback. I think he could be a top 10 quarterback in the league. 
But when you come out and you attack the Jets saying they suck, how could you sit here and tell me they suck? The, the Jets' defense was in a top five in almost every single t- single statistic. Jets, Where was the Giants? The Jets didn't allow a 300-yard passer all year. Where were the Giants? Huh? The Giants didn't lead the league in anything or in a top five in anything this year. Except Daniel Jones. Top three quarterback as far as running the ball 600 yards and over 3,200 yards. Only three quarterbacks did that. If you want to take the credit for that, and Saquon Barkley running over, what, 1,300 yards. That's it. They did nothing. They made the playoffs because they're in the NFC East. That's why they're there. If they beat Minnesota, I'll be very surprised. They're not beating Minnesota. And when we do our picks tomorrow, I'm going to tell you why they're not going to beat Minnesota. But yeah. What about my show? Sunday now? Sunday what? What are you talking about? You said that I would have a show on the network. You want to do a show, Kenny? I pitched this show. Okay, you're going to pitch me a show. Okay, how long? I already pitched all it. All right, all right. Well, you're going to have to pitch it again. I'm busy, Kenny. I had to deal with a lot of crap over the last couple of weeks. So you pitch it again, and we'll talk about it. And maybe if you can... Put something – it can't just be you, Kenny, because you sit there laughing. <laughs> you better give some good information because if you're going to sit here and try to sell me on something, if you want to do a show, bring somebody – maybe bring in Snug. Maybe Snug can help you. Maybe a little comedy. It would be fun to listen to. Maybe uh, maybe Jeff, maybe I'll let Jeff speak even though he annoys the hell out of me. You said uh, – uh, remember, you don't have a countdown show. I don't have a countdown show. So if you want to do a countdown show, we could talk about it. But you need to bring somebody else on. It can't just be you, Kenny. Well, I, have, I have people. Oh, yeah? Who do you got? You got your connections, Kenny? Who do I you have got? my friend Stephen Blush. I got right. Joe Boney. I got you need other some, You need some comedy. So you, you, need to, you need to find somebody else besides those guys. You need to find something that's going to lift you up. Snug and Jeff could be on the show. All right. So you can bring them on. Uh, that'll be great. I'll be You're warming Snug's heart right now. Yeah, but with the cupcakes. Oh. What? With you're, the cupcakes. You're warming Snug's heart right now. I feel like this is the dream for him. You like cupcakes? Snug loves them. Snug the cat is the best I, commenter. Yeah, yeah, he's the best because he loves you, okay? That's the only reason why. And it, it's so funny. Oh, Caddy is his favorite person. <laughs> What is what is how what what is Jeff saying over here? What I have no what idea. garbage is he saying over here? It's it just it, it's sneaky. He always tries to sneak attack me when it has nothing to do with me. But anyways, Kenny, I, I just want you to know something. When you when you come out and you say that a team stinks, you have to have a reason why they stink. You can't just say, "Well, they stink," because honestly, you didn't give me one reason why they suck. Besides, they don't the have a good record. They, they don't have a good record. They're in the AFC East. Okay? They're in the AFC. Look who they had to play this year. Look at their schedule, which is the fifth hardest schedule in the NFL. The Giants had the third easiest schedule in the NFL. You're going you're gonna to argue that? You're going to say that? The only thing I could say about the Giants that was amazing this year is they had no wide receivers. And Daniel Jones put up pretty good numbers without any good wide receivers. That's about it. Their offensive line stinks. Their defensive line is eh. They got maybe one or two guys. They have no wide receivers. Saquon Barkley's going to be asking for a big contract. Their, their, their uh, special teams is not good. 
Their coach is good. I think he's all world. I really do. I would say their whole coaching staff's pretty good. Yeah, so, yeah. Wink, uh, yeah Wink's, Wink's good too. Wink's I like good. him too. And so is Calf guy. I think he has an offensive coordinator. He's been good. I, I think they. I think they have a good coaching staff. That's it. The Giants are where they are today is because of their schedule and how the schedule fell to them. That's it. That's about it. It's the only thing you could sell to me. So you sit here and you tell me that somebody stinks. Before you say that somebody stinks, a team stinks, you have to have a reason. Just because of their record, that doesn't sell me. Because statistic-wise, they were good in, in a lot of ways. And, and maybe if they had a guy that could call plays and, and make the right play calling in certain games, maybe the Jets win. And maybe they win those two games and make it to the playoffs as a six or seven seed. Their quarterback isn't that good. No, their quarterback isn't good right now. That's a lot to do with the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff. As I just said, that's why they fired Mike LaFleur. Daniel Jones. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Did you think Daniel Jones was good last year at the end of the season? Hold on, hold on. That's not my question. Did you think... Daniel Jones, at the end of last season, after they fired your boy, who's now the offensive corner, a co-offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, who, by the way, didn't make the playoffs, Jeff. Ha, ha, ha. Okay? Let me ask you that question. Did you think that he was going to be a good quarterback in this league? Yes or no? Honestly. I thought he had a good future. How how, How could you say that when you look at his numbers last year and the year before that? I thought, well, maybe I'll have a good year. You only you only uh, say you only say that because you're a Giant fan, and I'll I'll admit it. There's a lot of things I said about Zach Wilson this year. I think, and Jeff, stop saying Daniel Jones over Zach Wilson. We all know everybody would take Daniel Jones right now over Zach Wilson. We all know that, and you you have a lot to say about it. How about Mac Jones? How about your Patriots putting up a lousy goose egg, and all I had to do was beat Buffalo. And maybe the Jets pull off that win against Miami. <laughs> Your team makes the playoffs. They didn't even need Miami to win. They just needed to win. <laughs> there you go. Your team put up a lousy goose egg. Your Bill Belichick put up a lousy goose egg. What are you going to say about that? Oh, they weren't good. Oh, I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs. You say that all the time, Jeff. And when they do it, you like to stick it in everybody's face. You said the Boston Bruins were going to stink this year in the first half of the season. They're the best team in the NHL. And then you, you brag about it when you watch it. Because you're you're just full of you know what garbage. Everything that comes out of your mouth is garbage. Okay, you so called think you know everything, and you know you and Mikey C are perfect. You, you think that you're ninety percent. You think you're not. Actually, you probably think you're ninety eight percent right, and Mikey thinks he's ninety percent right. Two guys that are ninety percent wrong on everything that comes out of their mouth. And you attack everything everybody says because you think you're right. Mikey, and you're wrong. Mikey C. still wouldn't stick up for Daniel I love Jones it. this year. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for A.K. Jeff from Tampa. Yay! You stink. Anyways, Kenny, um, we really appreciate your geese walking, your <laughs> geese talking. And uh, just remember, you want to talk about a show? We'll bring a show on on the network. You need to put something together that makes sense. And before you attack a team and say that a team stinks when, it, when you go on the feed, make sure that you know what you're talking about before you attack them because okay. it doesn't make any sense. Just because you hate the Jets. Just like, just like this idiot over here, Jeff. He's an idiot. He hates the Jets. So no matter, what, no matter what happens, he thinks the Jets stink. No matter what. The Jets make the playoffs, they stink. Jets win a first round, they stink. 
You know why? Because it's Jeff Sensen. I will think things over before I crack there, on someone. There you go, man. I love that. Right, before I make a There you go. Comment. You know, before you go to bed every night, you, you say something to God, and you say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that my Giants made the playoffs. You know? That'll be your that'll be your carryover test, Kenny. Otherwise, we have to make you uh, relive that, uh, that Simpsons meme on the chalkboard. I will not... Discredit a team without knowing why. And you'll have to write it Kenny, like 10 let me times. ask you one more question before I let you go because uh, we got to get back to our show. Um, could you tell me, out of your giant season so far going into the playoffs, what has stood out to you more than anything? Mm, they have a really good coach. That's what stood to us. Out of everything that you've seen so far uh, this year, it's, they have a really good coach. They have a good coaching staff. Do you know? Do you know what their coach's name is? Dable. Okay. All right. That's something I, I like. That Kenny, I, I give you an A plus on that. Good job, Ken. Ken, thank you for calling the show, bud. I love you. We'll All talk. Right, man. We'll reach out too. to me. Reach me. Reach out to me on Facebook Messenger. We'll talk about your show. Okay. Make sure you have everything, right, logo and everything, and, and and maybe you talk to Snug and Jeff. Maybe they'll add a little bit of. Commentary to your show and maybe uh, no stupidity. Kenny from uh, White Plains, America, who's not smoking wax anymore and he barely drinks. So there you go. Some greatness over there. I'm sure uh, somebody. That is Jeff. Do you want to put him through? Or... Yeah, put him through. Right. Put him through. Uh, before before we put him through, I just want to uh, let Jeff sit there for a second. Uh, the Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury. We'll also look to trade DeAndre Hopkins, um, obviously. Uh, with the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing, uh, with the steroid abuse, um, missing four games in the beginning of the season. So it did really play well when he came back. He did. He played well initially the first couple games. Yes. Then he started to struggle a little bit. But, again, that wasn't just him. They just had a lot of oh, so many injuries on the offense. The play calling, too, was horrible. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying before with Kingsbury. They have all these different prototypes that they like. They used all wrong. And big body off- receivers were doing their offensive line stunk too, man. Their offensive line wasn't that bad though, compared to like Kyler Murray's the last, year. The last four games of the season, they, they couldn't protect Kyler. Murray. Well, yeah, they were down for where they were playing in the beginning of the season. It just it's kind of like what we were saying with Russell Wilson last year. Like the Seahawks offense. I mean, not line, the last four games. I'm sorry, Kyler Murray tore his ACL. I think the game right his last four starts. Yes, okay. I think it was um, the Patriots game. Yeah, the Patriots game when he tore his ACL. I mean, why did he tear his ACL? The offensive line couldn't protect him. Well, yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. It's the same thing we were thinking about Russell Wilson, though, at the, towards the end of his Seahawks career. Their offensive line was actually a lot better than the last, the previous four years yes, before that. It was, it was the same kind of thing with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, his first two years, the offensive line was abysmal. Then last year it was good. This year it was still it was down compared to last year, but it still actually was not the main issue with the team. Their running game was very inconsistent. Their receivers were all being misused because they were using a smaller Rondell Moore on more tricky routes that, again, was not built for a bigger-bodied receiver. Greg Dortch was pretty good for a while. Trey McBride was a kid I liked out of the draft a lot that they didn't use in the right way. And mm. I think Kingsbury did that a lot. James Conner, who was a power back, was being used as a pass-catching back. It was all very weird the way they were doing their offense. And mm. that that's the biggest problem that I had with that kind of thing. But I think as a whole, when you look at the Cardinals, the way they're structured, they have the talent if they can just get that kind of coaching and they can stay healthy, but they have a lot of injuries. Too. What do you think about Bevel going to the Jets? Daryl Bevel. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because 
I do think he's, he's very close to Robert Sala. I do think he can be creative. He, again, he also has been stubborn at times too, though. So I do worry about that kind of thing. Cause I think the point of the 49ers offense was to make it where it's versatile, make it where it's creative. And sometimes they don't adjust during the games. And we've seen that with Seattle a lot too. And Bevel uh, towards the end of his career, his career there, where they were only running the ball like 30 times a lot of the time. And that was even without Lynch, too. That was with guys like Thomas Rolls mm. and all the backups they had there. Mm. All right, put Jeff through. Jeff, what's up, man? Uh, before we get into this, Errol, uh, Speedy. Yes. Georgia just scored again. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you're loving that. But but again, it was, so so now the analogy by is... The one, by the way, I won a, a little bit of money in that Georgia game. So, Jeff, is the analogy now... T- TCU scored 51 on Michigan and Georgia scored 65 on them. So that's a double whammy on Michigan now. Yeah, but I don't, here's the thing with the Michigan thing. Uh, and, and look, both teams made mistakes and it is what it is. However, they didn't really score 51 on Michigan. Well, two pick they had sixes, two, pick, yeah. two pick sixes. Okay, right. So fair. it's like, so I, I would like to crap on them and be like, yeah, but, you know, but I, here's the thing with the college football playoff where I stand. Lincoln Riley can eat shit because every year he ruins it. And while the championship game might not have been what people wanted it to be, the semifinal games were better than Fantastic. they've been in a, de- in a decade. Yeah. Better Fantastic. than they've been in a decade. The TCU Michigan game, a billion points everywhere, back and forth, the whole thing. Dude, Ohio State missing a field goal at the end of the Georgia game to like win and like the, Georgia came back the whole thing. Two great semifinals. That was a classic that game, Ohio State Georgia. Both of them were. Yeah. Both of them. Think about the last semifinal games we had. We had Alabama blowing out Baker Mayfield. That game was over by halftime. Uh-huh. Right? Like all of those semifinal games so far before were worse than the, the final this year. Oklahoma. Georgia. The only time Oklahoma has ever played close is the one overtime game they played with Georgia in 2017. That was it. It was, it's been miserable. So the semifinal games were at least good. And I mean, it is what it is, but Michigan is who I said they were. They're a team that can only run the football. And when they have to pass it, they aren't very good. Well, I will say this, uh, after watching that game against TCU, and I think it would have been a better game if Michigan played against Georgia. I think it would have been a closer game. Not by much. I I still think Georgia probably would have won by 25-30. I mean, Georgia was going to put up a big big number, especially the way they they came out strong, and they were flying. And and when TCU scored that seven points and it was 10-7, everybody was screaming at Miller's Ale House when I was there, and I said, this game is going to be 37, 38-7 or 14 by the half. And what was it? It was 38 to 7 and I knew the game was over after the, after they scored the, what 20 it was 24 to 7. Yeah. I, I thought the game was completely over. There was no way TCU was going to catch up the way Georgia was playing defense and put so much pressure on the quarterback who played well throughout the the season. So um, I mean I knew it was over from the first snap, right? Really? The very first snap. I, dude, when I when I tell you this, when I make this point to you, you're going to be like, "Oh my god, like it's obvious." But when Georgia lined up against TCU on offense or defense. Didn't matter. And you looked at both lines. Did TCU have one person that was remotely the same size as anyone on Georgia? No. You're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. That's just what it is. Like football begins and ends at the line of scrimmage. And you you just saw how many – like. And I realize Georgia's a top program. They get a lot of top prospects, like that kind of thing. Five-star kids, blue chips, whatever. But when everyone on the line 
is over 300 pounds and the yeah. best you can do is a kid 285, at 250. I think, I think yeah, 285 like, with Horton is the only one though. Right. Like you're, you're going to get pushed around. You're going to. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't even think TCU had a sack in that game. I don't even think they. Could. Uh, I, th- I think they. I think they had one. They had one. I. I didn't. I don't. I think so. Was it in the second half? Because in the first half they didn't touch him. Right. Well. Right. But if you remember the beginning of that game, like you said, like uh, the first play for TC or second play for TCU, they fumble the ball, and when when TCU scored the touchdown after only, after turning it over and only allowing a field goal, I was like, okay, well maybe it can be a game, and then it was just a boat race from there. How many undefeated teams have won a national championship? Oh God! I think Georgia was I mean, the third fifteen and O team. So, uh, so only three teams. Right, but in they're history. playing more games. Right, but they're right, but they're playing more games now because of the because of the semifinals. Well, it yeah, only of used course. To be like the regular right. season. Right, it used and to then be the... thirteen and O or twelve and O, depending on the conference championships. Yeah. So is Georgia the first fifteen and O team? No, because I think Alabama. No, LSU was too. LSU, okay. LSU had Alabama. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, so LSU. So, so there's very few teams have gone undefeated and won a national championship. So that that's a pretty good feat, and and this is back to back years. Does Georgia do it again next year? Mm, hard to say no because they just kind of reload. Like they're like they're like they're like Alabama. I'm not going to say they are Alabama, but they're like like they're just always getting to be a top recruits. Year, yeah, and they're still getting I, top recruits. So this is supposed to be kind right, of a transition right. year. But at the end of the day, like do do you know the only other team? Can you name the only other team that offered? Stetson Bennett, a, a scholarship. Was it Pitt? I was hearing something about Pitt. Columbia. Really? Wow. Columbia. And how about how about Kirby Smart? I mean, back-to-back championships. I, I mean, a guy that was a big part of the growth of Alabama. You know, he, he started with Alabama. He, got, he, he pra- practically, you know, turned his back on Alabama football, took the and Georgia. It, took the and Georgia Georgia's going to make the cha- national championship next year. Which is it? Which if they do it again, well, I mean, how how many teams have won back to back to back championships? Because this is this is something when you maybe win, Alabama. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. And Georgia football, if you remember, before Smart took over the team, when was the last time they won a national championship? Nineteen eighty-one, I think it was. Well, they you know not that he was good, and I, this isn't a shot at the Jets because I'm going to mention his name, but didn't they win three out of the four Greg McElroy years? Oh, who Georgia? Yeah. Oh uh, no, Alabama. I think two. I, don't, I think two. Because Auburn right, was, but Auburn was right, in between they, there. Right, but they won his junior and senior year, I think, and then didn't it? Wasn't that the start of the um, the Jalen Hurts stuff? Didn't Jalen? No, Hurts McCarron was in between there. He was one of the. You know, oh, you, know, you know, you met you mentioned Greg McElroy. He he took shots at Geno Smith. Uh, when he was the Jets quarterback, said he will never amount to anything in the NFL. I remember him saying that. And then a couple of years later, he takes the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Uh, okay, so what, what is that? What is that? Where's Greg McElroy now with, with all that? I mean, besides Pro- doing probably, CBS, probably, probably, yeah, probably making more for CBS News. Yeah, he, 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 no, he does. He works for CBS. He's a play-by-play yes. guy. He's a color commentator. Yes, he's yes, been, and, been, and, and, and I would, I would he love does to well, get him. By the way, yes, he does. Like him. Yes, he does. Yeah, he's, he's a good, very he's a good broadcaster. Yes, he's a very good broadcaster. Uh, a quarterback that. Obviously, does better when it comes to calling plays. At, you know, when he's when he's speaking on a mic than he was when he was playing as a player. Just like Mark Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can I can pretty much guarantee you though that Georgia is going to be in the semifinal next year. Like if you have, Speedy, I swear to God, pull it up. Besides the Tennessee game, 
find me one tough game on their schedule because they literally go opening week against Tennessee Martin and then they play like UAB. Uh, Arrow probably can't even tell you what UAB stands for. No, I don't. Like, no. yeah, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Mm. Like, the Blazers. Like they play, right. They play UAB. They play Tennessee Martin. They play South Carolina. They play nobody. They play Florida and Tennessee and nobody else. Vanderbilt's on the schedule. Yeah, it's it's Kentucky. Florida had a good. They, they got a good re- recruiting class this off season, did they? Great. How'd that work out for Texas A and M? No, <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true too. I mean, I mean Cause Texas because Billy, Billy and Napier stinks. Oh. Yeah, uh, ten- Tennessee on the road is is their only that's their only tough road game because Auburn's not good right now. Vanderbilt's been bad forever, and yeah, then Florida, Kentucky at home are both at home. So the only th- the only thing that's interesting about that Auburn game though is because of the transfer portal. Maybe Hugh Freeze gets a bunch of prospects or something. Uh, a yeah. bunch of players, well, of course. Come in. Yeah, I mean it's going. Right. It, it will be interesting going into. Uh, the off season for college football because uh, everybody expects Georgia to to be good next year. Uh, I Jim Harbaugh. Uh, by the way, just so everybody knows, Jim Harbaugh came out and said that he's staying with Michigan. He went for an interview. He he went for an interview today with the Broncos. Some people say that he's probably negotiating a deal today, and he'll probably be introduced by the weekend as the new uh, Denver Broncos head coach. So just that's, so everybody that's, knows, that's what I would bet. That's what I would bet. He's he's out of Michigan. hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I remember when um, uh, what's his name again? Carl was telling me that he's coming back to Michigan. I said, "There's no chance in hell." When he when one of his uh, one of his closest friends, when he was talking to the press and press and saying that he he's on his way out, he's leaving, he's going back to the NFL. And I knew it. And then then there were stories coming out with ESPN today that he is going for the interview with the Broncos, and the Broncos have a very good chance, that, like a seventy five percent chance, of landing him. So I believe have we by, heard. Yeah, have we heard from Carl since the TCU game? Since jump, no, since he was he was on the show. Check. He was the sh- he was on the show last week. He was commenting for mm-hmm. a little bit. Carl's on, on Thursday Carl. show. There was a lot of stuff going on with Carl over there. He was dealing with the the, the storm over there. Uh, he didn't have an inter- internet for like two months or three months. It's been crazy for Carl, but uh, everything's okay as far as what I know. And happy that uh, him and his family are up and running with electricity over there, which they didn't have like over a month and a half. Yeah. It's horrible. And wow, internet for like bad. two months yeah. or three months. So. Uh, Carl was dealing with a lot of crap over there, but okay, Jeff, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right. So, so you're, you're good at trying to come at me for the Patriots, but the Patriots aren't very good. And you're forgetting a key aspect of this whole thing. Cause this is what you do with all due respect. And it's what you just did with Kenny. Someone will say the Jets suck and you try to attack them and their team. To try I think to, the uh, Jets suck for- too. In this last six right. games, it was no, hard. no, you don't. You said elite. Uh, okay, you said their defense. Right? Was I said their defense was elite. Okay? No, be, no, because no, because then he took teams. He goes, well, be, they could beat this team, and then they could beat. But that, that doesn't team. make them elite. Their defense was elite. It was right. Not the last six right. games of the season. Right. <laughs> no, they got to figure out how to stop tight ends. Yes. And and you said it yourself. You can only play who's on your schedule. And by the way, the schedule is what the schedule is. You know years in advance who you're playing except for three teams every year because you'll play another team that finishes the same position as you in, in, in another division uh, in the AFC and NFC, right? Mm-hmm. But you know years in advance that next year we play, and I don't know who it is for, it's the, the Giants. AFC, it's but, the NFC West and the AFC East is the Giants combination right, plus the Saints. Right, but, and, right, but they right, but they Packers. rotate they rotate 
um, divisions every year. So yes. you know, and yeah. that's just mm-hmm. the luck of the draw. That's just the luck of the draw. We don't know who's going to be good or bad. But attacking the Giants, I didn't attack the Giants. Put, I didn't attack you the Giants. Did no, I didn't. You did because no, I didn't. Hold on, you you did because you were like, oh, we played in the AFC East. The NFC East is no good. Well, the NFC East produced the best team in the NFC in the Eagles, and the, and, the and who did they beat this year? And who did they beat this year? Pretty much everybody. They beat Jaylen nobody. Hurts. They beat garbage. They won what three teams? What did they win? Three games or four games over five hundred teams? The Jets won three team. Beat three teams over five hundred. So what is it? What does that mean? It's, it's it's the power of the schedule, and their schedule was easy. Now I I I'm not saying the Eagles aren't good. I think the Eagles are a very good team. I think one of the more talented teams put together. But again. Being that they're in the NFC and they're in the NFC East and they have to play against one another, they have to play the Giants. They got to play the Cowboys. So we all know about the Cowboys; they're choke artists. And then there's the Washington Commanders, whatever they want to call themselves this year. They're another team that choked at the end of the season when they could have they could have made the playoffs and squeaked into playoffs. The NFC stinks, and when you look at the Jets' schedule and the way the Jets said it was set up for the Jets, it, they were set up to fail this year. Now. That, again, you're going to go back and say, well, you play with on your schedule. Absolutely. And I wasn't taking shots at the Giants. As a matter of fact, I've stuck up for the Giants. I mean, it comes off that, it comes off that no, way. No, it wasn't. I'll tell you it no, comes it off wasn't. that way. It wasn't. It wasn't. I wasn't taking shots at the Giants. But when you have a guy like Kenny, and, and it's true, Kenny coming out and taking shots at the Jets saying they stink. And, and listen, it, at some points, and some look at what the Jets were offensively, they did stink. Okay. But when you have no reason to attack them and you have nothing to say, and you sit here, well, the Giants are good. They're, 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 what is, where did the Giants well, leave taking, in the league in any kind of category? I think part of the problem is you take everything no, as an attack. If no, someone says the Jets suck, why don't you just be like, yeah, the Jets do they, suck? They, they do. Score. They it do. Suck. But when it, it comes from a guy, and when it comes from a guy's mouth that doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's going to say that they stink when he has no and recollection of what the team is and how they were built, he could. I guarantee you, Kenny couldn't tell you six Jets on it. Matter of fact, he couldn't name four Jets on the jet, on the Jets. Kenny pop quiz. Okay, right. he probably couldn't name them. I'm surprised that he can name six or seven guys on the Giants. So it still doesn't. It that does. still doesn't mean you should does. treat him like that. I, I, I'm not treating him bad. I'm not treating him bad. But I don't want to hear from somebody to tell me that somebody stinks when he doesn't know what they're talking about. He doesn't. But the Jets do stink. Yes, in some categories they do. In some categories they don't. Defensively, right. there's only one category that matters: wins and losses. Everything else should be. And draw that is again about the schedule. And you're going to say that, but the schedule is the schedule. And it's I mean, uh, but you got to be honest with dude. You got to be honest with. At some point, you need to be honest with yourself because you can go. Oh, that has to do with the schedule. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if they win, like you said, if they win two of the last six games, they make the playoffs. Hundred percent. And if you, and if you can't win two out of six games, you stink. Not necessarily. Now, it, oh my uh, god, you couldn't name six unbeatable teams in the league. It's not like they played uh, the Eagles. The Bills, by the way, which who they did beat, but like it wasn't like a murderer's row of Why? teams. It was an average group of teams. Yes, the Jaguars, but they squeaked into the playoffs. The Lions, they almost the Lions don't, almost don't me, the Lions almost made the playoffs. Be, don't tell me you can't beat Skylar Thompson. Come on, come on. Man. <laughs> the Seahawks made the playoffs. The Dolphins. Listen, look at this. 
The Jaguars made the playoffs. The Seattle Seahawks made the playoffs. The Dolphins made the playoffs. The Lions almost made the playoffs. They beat Stop the, the Green Bay Packers. They did. They did, but no, it's true. No, the Bills no, made no, the playoffs. The Vikings no, made the playoffs. The last you're, six you're, teams. No, the last the last six teams only won out this of the six teams you're, didn't make the playoffs. This this is how you're skewing things. Because <laughs> things are, but it's no, true. Because, no, because things are skewed, right? Oh, because God. the Dolphins with Tua are a playoff team. The Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. The Dolphins with Tua would have won 12 games. Right. Skylar, you couldn't beat Skylar, the Skylar Thompson Dolphins. First of all, and, and, and that has a lot to do with the play calling, and that's why Michael Floor is no longer there, okay? But that's part of the Jets fucking. Yeah. You can't just go, oh, but it's play calling. Right. That's the Jets all fucking. Right. The Dolphins made the playoffs. Seattle made the playoffs. The Jaggers made the playoffs. The Bills made the playoffs. The Vikings made the playoffs. Four, five out of the six teams that we said the last six games made the playoffs. And the Lions almost Are made the, the playoffs. Are the, Almost. If the if the if the Dolphins played the entire season with Skylar Thompson, are they a playoff team? No, no. So stop that going, but that doesn't matter. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does matter because you roasted me last year when Mac Jones got killed in the playoffs, and you're like, "Oh, the Patriots, they suck." Well, this team is going hold, to get hold, roasted hold, in the hold, first round. Hold with on Skyler a second. I did not ever last year when the Patriots got eliminated by the Buffalo Bills. I did not say. The Patriots suck. I said they sucked in that game. I didn't say, hey, the Patriots suck when they I won. Mean, the- dude, no, I did dude, not say that. And don't take I that mean, on my voice. I, mean, I, I mean, honestly, dude, all you needed to do was score one touchdown and you beat the Dolphins. Okay. And you can't muster okay. up a touchdown. You suck. <laughs> Come on, man. And, 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 and we'll go. If you can't score a touchdown, you suck. Because if you score a touchdown, you win that game. Okay. Yes or no? Okay. So so now you, you tell me I'm taking shots at our, our buddy, our buddy. Who did the Giants play? Who's beat? my buddy? Hold on. Our, Who are you referring Kenny, to? Kenny. Kenny. Oh. Who, now all the teams that did. The last six games the Giants played. The Eagles, they lost. The Gi- They played the Colts. They killed the Colts. The Vikings, they lost. The Commanders, they they won. They beat the Commanders, who didn't make the playoffs. The Eagles, uh, the, they played the Eagles again. So their last six games, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, and Eagles, okay? The only two games that they won were the two teams that didn't make the playoffs, okay? Okay, right. yeah, perfect. All right, All right. so I, I'm just, right. I'm just so speaking the so, truth. Right, but... Right, but so so here we go. This is exactly th- th- that's a great comparison because the Giants mm-hmm. are the Jets, but only ma- but managed to win two of their last six because they probably had a mirror image. The first Giants the have season. nowhere close to the talent the Jets have, and let's not be let, let's not even. Get I mean, it all, I mean that's that's not true. No, because that is true. League, no, no, true. no, it's not true because most of the league begins and ends at quarterback, and I would take Daniel Jones I over would, all three of I yours would combined. Say, I would say that Daniel Jones absolutely. But maybe that changes in the offseason with what the Jets are going to do in the offseason. So we'll see what happens. But again, what, what the Jets have and what they're set up to be next year is in a lot better in a lot bigger and better position than the Giants are. And that's a fact. That's 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 reasonable. I have no problem with that. That's reasonable. Uh-huh. Right? But making excuses about playoff teams and not playoff teams and, and what oh who we played, if you can't win two of your last six games, you stink. I, I, you, I, see, you have a, such a hard time doing it because you don't want to just admit the Jets suck, no, I, and I, they do. But first of all, I said they sucked the last six games. They don't suck as a team because any team that had the schedule that they had this year and still win seven games, they don't suck. 
Sucking is when you win uh, Tex- the, the, the Texans type of wins or the Colts, who were supposed to but, be a playoff contending but, but team. There are, but, there, but there are four teams that played the Jets' schedule, and the Jets played it the worst. <laughs> First of all, they, the, the Colts they did. They the, did. The, the what, Colts, what was the, what the was, Colts didn't have a schedule like order? the Jets. What's the, what's, what's the finishing order of that division? Where did they finish? They, they finished last. They finished, so out of the four teams that played basically that exact schedule, except for two games because you play mirrors of each other, right? Like, you, they, they played it the worst. And the Jets didn't have a quarterback, and all of those other teams practically did. So what does that, that tell you? Hey, that's also that's also the Jets' fault. No. Don't take don't yes, no, it is. Don't take Zach Wilson. Mm. Don't take Zach Wilson. The that's Patriots the Jets won fault. eight games, and, and if they if they look, didn't beat the Jets look, twice, look, they, have, they would have a worse record. Hard, look, you just seem to have a hard problem with taking responsibility no, because you, you're gonna true. go all the Jets. That's not didn't true. Have, no, that's not true, Jeff. No, it isn't. Yes, Why are we going to sit there and talk? Because, it's because not all going, about the Jets, okay? We're not. We're not because, getting because in. because you're 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 deflecting from the fact you're like, oh, they didn't have a quarterback, dude. You you danced with the girl you took to the prom. They chose Zach Wilson. Dance with her. All right. They chose Zach Wilson. And they also chose Mike, Michael Floor. And Michael Floor screwed that kid's head head up. And that's why they fired him. And maybe they bring in a guy that can actually fix him on the bench. But that's that's. Part of sucking. All right. Uh, okay. And let's. And we'll go back to. We'll go back to. But your you team. Go, hold on. You just did it b- before I joined you. You just did a whole segment about how Cliff Kingsbury stinks and he did this and he did that. And blah blah. blah. I didn't that's see- part of the. Co- that's. I mean, you did. I, you were doing the whole Cliff Kingsbury got fired thing. I didn't say he stinks, dude. It's part of the same. I, Jeff, you, you put words you in my mouth. You put, you're, 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 tell me, you tell me I said that the Jets were elite. Even Speedy could say I didn't say that. I did never I never said they were an elite team. I said their I mean, defense I, was elite. That's what no, I said. You, no, you backpedaled the following week. Oh, you God. said the Jets are elite, and then you started naming teams. Are they better than this team? No, oh. they. Oh yes, I did. I did. Very next week, I, I said that the they were better than those teams. Oh, I meant to say. The no, not the next. No, so no. The next, the next day, it was a Wednesday. It was the next day, and I said, "If, if Jeff is going to attack me the way I, I meant to say this, I didn't say, I didn't say, I said that they said uh, that I said they were all all elite. Did, I said they could compete with any one of those teams. Absolutely. But Speedy will be the only only honest one amongst. Oh, here. stop. He's an honest broker. Yes. No, no, because he's an honest person. Did Errol? Start naming teams and go, the Jets will beat them. They're better than them. Yeah, they list, he listed matchups of fringe playoff teams mm-hmm. if there was hypotheticals, which obviously wasn't going to happen right. because they were going to play but, offen- hard, but, but offense is also a part of that equation, though. 100%. Right. So initially, it wasn't just the defense. Initially, it was the Jets are elite. Let me and ask you a question. When, Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. if you remember correctly, that's when I mocked you because I called right. and said, Speedy, right. would right. you call last year's Steelers or last year's Eagles? And you say, and you say that, and, 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 and the Jets' offense isn't so bad because they had a guy that almost had 1,200 yards. How many teams in the league had a guy that had over 1,200 yards? Uh, most of them. Uh, really? Most of them. Did the Giants? Did the Giants? Definitely not. All right. Let's let's go through the teams to see who they did. Did the Washington have that? I don't think so. McLaurin did not, and I had him on my team. He's the best wide receiver on their team. So it wasn't McLaurin. I I can name a bunch of teams that didn't have the problem. One. No, the, hold the, on, the problem, hold on. Don't make excuses. Hold There's, on, no, hold no, on. The problem with what you there's a problem with what, what you're what, doing. What you can, did the Patriots what, have a thousand what, yard catch? 
Uh, uh, no, but they had over a day, but they had uh, doesn't matter. Yard doesn't, running back. All right. Okay. That's What's fine. the difference? So did the Jets. Back. So did the Jets. No, they didn't. They didn't have a thousand yard running back. Get out of here. Uh, no, no uh, you're right. They, did no, they a, didn't. No, no, they were. They were on their way with one. They were on their way with one. Oh, my God. You can't go Oh, he, but four games, and he was terrific. Eight. Because you were crowning uh, Bam Knight, Donovan Knight, I didn't the next that. guy. I didn't, and he had, two good, hold, he had hold, two good games hold, and then fell on. off a cliff. I, I liked Bam Knight, but I, I, did not, I, I didn't think Bam Knight was better than Brees Hall. No, but you were like, this kid can run. He's he can. He's he can. He's a power back. He, yeah. could, he couldn't because he flamed out. All right. Whatever. Okay. Eight teams had, or seven teams had mm. uh, uh, receivers Jets, over 1,200 and yards. And the Jets did. And no, he went no, one of them. No, the Jets were not one of them. Well, what do you mean? 1,000 oh, yards? Oh, there you go. Gar- oh, a th- I think it's 1,200. 1,000 yards. Like, uh, 1,100. No, no, no. You, uh, no, yeah. You initially said 1,200. 1,200. You okay. You're moving uh, the uh, uh, Okay, Jeff. What are you arguing with me with everything that you say? What because, are you going to complain no, about it? Garrett Wilson you know, was 17th in receiving yards. 17th in receiving yards. Okay. Because this is what you do, though. You say something, and then you back up. Jeff, like, you know no, what you what do? Thought. You try to find anything that I say and attack whatever I say. I said to you, no, all, cl- all, yes. spe- all Speedy did, all Speedy did was check what you said, and it wasn't true, and then you didn't like it. I said that Garrett Wilson had close to twelve hundred yards. Does he have close to twelve hundred yards, Speedy? Yeah. Yes or no? no? You said he was a twelve hundred yard receiver. What is it? Eleven oh three. He had eleven oh three. So eleven hundred yards. So if you were to judge the how many teams had more had players like that, so there were two above him that are oh, on the God. same team, and that's the Dolphins and the Eagles. So beyond that, it's it's fourteen teams. So it's about half the league, right? Mm-hmm. Which is good. Which is good. And, and by the way, it's also good that the Jets are probably going to have the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. That's great. But when I, when I Garrett, Garrett Wilson makes I don't up, think Garrett, when, I don't think Garrett Wilson's going to win offensive rookie. Of the oh year. come on! Who else is going to be ahead of him? Um, not Olave. Don't even say Olave. I, I don't, don't know do that, it to yourself. I, I didn't. I didn't say Olave. How about Walker? No. Why? No, because he no, no because he did play. no because he did another rookie thing, which is what most rookie running backs do, which is why you can't project out Brees Hall. He started out good and had five or six good games, and then he hit a rookie wall and couldn't make it eighteen. Well, he weeks. got hurt too, though. Kenneth right. Walker. Kenneth Walker didn't start the first month. Walker had over a thousand yards, right? Nine touchdowns. That's a pretty good season. I bet no, you, it's a pretty good season. I think Kenneth Walker wins rookie offensive rookie of the year. No, it's going to be Garrett Wilson. You think it's going to be Garrett Wilson, dude. I don't know. I think it's Garrett. Dude, Garrett Wilson had a much better season in comparison to a to a team that had a pretty decent offensive line and a, and a competent quarterback. Garrett Wilson, had, with all due respect, had a really good season with doggy doo doo throwing to him. Doggy doo doo. You're probably you're right. Ignoring, you're I, ignoring I that part of the equation that he had a really good year with the biggest pieces of shit on the planet throwing to him. It, you probably are right. I still think Kenneth Walker. I, I'm going to give it. If you would ask me who offensive rookie of the year is, I'm taking Kenneth Walker. Uh, defensive. Dude, even I'm making the case for the Jets player. I'm you just, won't do it. I, I, no, I, 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 I just. I, I like Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson. You just don't want to get your hopes up. No, 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 no. That's nothing. No, it has nothing to do with my hopes. I think Walker had a better season. Thousand yards, nine touchdowns. I think he had a better season. He came in. He didn't even play the full season. He played. He missed. He, I think he he played. Came in the fourth week. Yeah, fourth week. But yeah, that. But that. But that thousand yards though is also a fool's gold because didn't he have one week with two forty three or something like that? Or yeah, two, when they played two, the Chargers, it was like two fifty. Okay, it doesn't matter. He's still over. Had a, close to eleven hundred yards. Wilson had that same kind of thing, and he had in nine touchdowns against the nine, and he was averaging how many yards per touch? I mean, it, it was the numbers are ridiculous. Almost five 
Five per touch. It's four point seven. I mean, it's but it's much easier to take a handoff from Geno Smith than it is to catch a pass from Zach Wilson. I'm just all I'm saying is that when you look at Garrett Wilson and, and Walker, I if you would ask me, just my opinion, who the offensive rookie of the year is. I'm going to take Kenneth Walker over. All right, are you going to fight? Are you going to fight oh. me on defense, or can we just be in agreement? Sauce Gardner, oh, hundred percent. Sauce Gardner is yeah. definitely. It's either him or Woolen, but he's definitely going to beat out Woolen. Oh come on! No, I, I, it's not Woolen. even. I, I I didn't say it's close, but Woolen had a good season. So did Stingley. He had a very good season. Look, there's a lot of guys that had nice seasons, yeah. but I don't think any of them had the season that Sauce Gardner had, which is exactly how I feel about Garrett Wilson. Oh, I, I again, I like them both. I like them both. And if Brees Hall played for the whole season, I think he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, you got to just slow down with that because you just don't know because the rookie wall is a real thing. Mm. It just is. All right. Well, I I liked what I was seeing. Okay. He, he did... There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that you can like what you're seeing, but like saying that he was going to keep up that production all year long, I don't know how you can possibly think that. What I'm, ju- what I'm just like, saying, oh, that would have I, listen, I, I I think the Jets have a good future. They have some good young players. Now they have to find of somebody. Of course they do. They gotta Maybe fu- they can get that fat prick Becton to get on a diet and stay healthy for more he than He lost 90 weeks. pounds. Lost 90 pounds. Go look at him. Jesus they just They just interviewed him today. He he looks they really could, good. I mean, he's a big question mark for them because oh, he, was a, he was a what, – what was he, the 15th pick, 14th pick? No, he was 11th. 11th. He was 11th pick. Oh, right, okay. He was 11th pick, and he, he. I heard he lost 90 pounds. He, they just interviewed him today, and how they were taking pictures of how he looked. He looked really, really good. Now I'm very poor with uh, exactly where guys were picked. I can ballpark it, but yeah, it's not. No, no, it doesn't. Know. It doesn't really matter That's where. Right. It, honestly, the fact is, is he was a high draft pick, and and he was. They called him the big ticket. He had one of the better rookie seasons, and then he completely. Well, couldn't he stay was from off. Louisville, wasn't yes, he? Yes, Louisville. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, and and people love that's another mistake. Hey, listen, he was he was right there, and then his last two years he couldn't stay healthy. If he could no, stay, no, 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 I'm just I'm just saying, kids from Louisville usually suck. No, usually. or they can't stay healthy. They can't stay healthy. Well, look at the quarterbacks. Look at the look at the guys that came out of that school, running backs and and even offensive linemen. They can't stay healthy. So, all right, best best player ever from Louisville, go. Best player from Louisville, go. Um. And, and by the way, I'm going to be biased on this, so when I give my answer, you're just going to call me an asshole anyway. So it is what it is. But I'd like to hear what you guys have. I think you're going Best to say. Te- I think you're going to say Teddy Bridgewater. No. No. Um. Um. Lamar Jackson. I'm going to name. A, I'm going to name a Super Bowl MVP. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson. Wow. Super Bowl MVP from Louisville. Super Bowl MVP from Louisville. All right. Let's Super hear. Bowl MVP. Let, let's hear. Is it Dion Branch? Dion Branch. All right. Dion Branch was a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. Isn't his son playing? College ball, Dion Branch. Hmm. Uh, no, he just he just was the um he just was named, and I don't know if he has any interest going forward. But he he coached the bowl game for Louisville, so um that's what he did. Oh, oh yeah, because D- Satterfield's with Cincinnati now, right? Oh, Dion right. Branch's son and, or and, Dion and Branch? Brom, and and Brom came over from Purdue, so before Brom got there, Dion Branch agreed to coach the team for the bowl game. Oh. Dion Branch, okay, but uh, I, Lamar Jackson, that's what I would say. Speedy, who do you got? Yeah, so at the end of the regular season, so he took a different position. I'm trying to figure out what that, that ended up being, but yeah. No, I, I would probably say Lamar Jackson just because of the Heisman, and then you even said it, Jeff, the uh, the year after, he had just as good, if not better, of a year with the Heisman, than his Heisman year, too. So. Oh, he definitely did. He yeah. definitely did. 
But I, again, that just shows you. I, that, I love like, Bridgewater too, but I would say that gets us. Like Teddy that. Bridgewater played with what? I think he, they said with like uh, one leg in that uh, that championship game, that bowl game. Yeah, one of the ACC championship games. I think it he was. played on one leg, and he, yeah. he played an unbelievable game, and I got him over there, got him over the hump. But it, it, and, and Teddy Bridgewater but just most bad luck. Louisville players do suck. I mean, he had bad luck with that with the Minnesota Vikings. It was just a horrible. Well, yeah, practice. that was the yeah. first of those big wave of non-contact injuries that were just really bad but all any, once. And then Dalvin Cook had one that, the next year in his rookie year. But let's year. be honest, any any of that stuff is bad bad luck. Like any of it is bad luck. I'm not sure if you guys are going to remember a, a young running back that came out of Penn State named Kajana Carter. Yes, we do. I do remember Kajana Carter. <laughs> Kajana Carter, was top first round draft pick, right? He was a first uh, round back. Kajana Carter was projected to be like. Like Saquon Barkley, yep. basically. Top 10 pick, I took, think he was. And he took one cut in the preseason and blew out his knee and never and, again played. And do you NFL. remember what movie he was introduced as as a player, you know, in, in a movie? You remember that movie? Sports movie. I don't. Jerry Maguire. Don't. Jerry Maguire. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was in, he was in the movie when... when um, when Cuba Gooding Jr. when he was taking him around the taking him around at the at the draft, he was introduced. He introduced him to Kajana Carter. But that, but that's, but that's the whole thing with that stuff. Like any, that can happen to anyone. Do you think it was like Robert Griffin's choice to blow out his knee? Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, that kind of stuff is just. I mean, do you think it was Dak Prescott's choice that he put on his foot backwards when he woke up in the morning? No, and, and by the way, that the, just shows you how much class he has. I don't care what anybody says about <clears throat> Dak Prescott; he's been through so much. His, his mother, his his brother committing suicide, and it, it, the way he's like to come back into the league, get the contract that he got. Yeah, he might not be the quarterback that a lot of a lot of people like. And the beef, I, I think the beef puts a lot of you know pressure on this guy. It, like blames him for everything. Well, let, let's be honest: is Dak an elite quarterback? No, but he's still a quality quarterback. And and I think a lot of people put him down. This- doesn't this tell you exactly where in the world cowboy fans are? Because you couldn't get that that guy's balls out of the beef's mouth for the first three years no, no. he was in the league. No, I've seen it. Right, like he some of the just... recent Facebook posts. He makes it sound like he's like Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> right, but him. but that, but this is what cowboy fans do. They choke on the dude's balls for three years, and then when he disappoints them a little, then they throw him under the bus. Cowboy fans are the worst people. On I'll the tell you this: going into this game this week, and we're going to get into it. The Cowboys have a very good chance of knocking off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Buccaneers, as, I, I, I think they will. I, I, I think the Cowboys they are going to. Gotta love the great fourth quarter potential bad clock management of Todd Bowles me, and Mike McCarthy all at once. I don't trust Todd Bowles. I don't trust either one of them. Let me, let me give you a, a, a little known stat in life. Tom Brady. You love numbers. You love stats. You love, mm. you love this kind of stuff. Mm. Do you realize there's only one team in the entire NFL? That hasn't beaten Tom Brady. Yeah, so the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. If you think it's going to happen this week, you are wrong. And, and, if, and you know what's so funny? The beef has the Buccaneers winning too. He doesn't I'm not surprised. The, he doesn't think the Cowboys are going to win. But I said, I think the Cowboys are going to win this week. I do. I think if there's a game that the Cowboys could win where I think they match up, being that they're going to be the home team. I, well, actually, New Tampa's the home team because mm-hmm. they were the number one. They yeah, were, Tampa's uh, the home Tampa, team. They won the division. They, they won, won the, the division, division. right. So you, I just sold my three tickets. Really? Yes, yeah, Section 218 just sold them. Why don't you go? Why would I go? I don't know. It's, it's, you want me to be to watch, He doesn't want to watch the Cowboys in the playoffs. You want me to be in a stadium Why? with those mouth breathing. Dude, you were going to buy <laughs> – hold on one second. Hold, hold, hold on one second. Weren't you the one that was going to buy season tickets for the Cowboys? <laughs> 
I was honestly just going to do that to spite the beef. I was just going to FaceTime <laughs> him every week just to like rub it in. That's honestly all I was doing because I did the math with you and I could have sold half the games and made money doing it and still went to the games. Je- Jeff, you would have been the version of the, uh, the remember the Packers fan, the one, one of the games that the Packers beat the Cowboys. That he said, says the Cowboys that, are favored by 2.5. The, but there, there was a Packers fan that was uh, like, take a picture of a bunch of Cowboys fans when Dallas took the lead in a game against the Packers and then they eventually lost. And he was like, smiling, oh, they celebrating with like two minutes, 14 <laughs> seconds to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what And you happened. would just take that to a level time, Sad. That's what happened, right. Like, I don't want to go to the game and take any chances that I get sat next to someone exactly like the bead. I would shoot myself. <laughs> I, I do believe it's going to be a good game to watch. You have Tom Brady, you have that defense. Micah Parsons, I think, is going to explode. I, I just think... keep in mind what I said to you two months ago. Mm-hmm. I said this to you two months ago. What did you say? The Buccaneers are terrible. They're playing awful. Yep. But how can you count out Tom Brady? You can't. How can you do it? You can't. And I I know a lot of people are going to sit here today and say, you know, it's Tom Brady and you have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, we remember what he did in in the final minutes of the game last year that eliminated the Cowboys. You'd be surprised if he does it again. So, uh, and Tom Brady's never done anything stupid in the playoffs but win. But I, I just, there's something about this year. I think the Cowboys, I think they're made to win there. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Cowboys go all the way to the NFC title game. Really? I wouldn't be so surprised. Be the oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, really? I wouldn't. Because look, hold on one second. If the Cowboys beat, if the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers this week, who do they match up against next week? Depends on who wins. I, 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 but I mean, right. the Eagles I mean, or the 49ers. No, you can't, right, you can't, right, you can't do that really. because they, they reseed. Yeah. They yes, they do. So you can't yes, go who they play the next. Well, yeah, unless the 49ers were to lose to the Seahawks and the Giants were to beat the Vikings, then it would be then it would be. The- and a lot of people think the Giants could beat the Vikings. I don't think they. No, and I, it's a popular upset pick because a lot of the people don't. A lot of people don't like the Vikings because the Vikings don't beat anybody. They win every game by one point, and they they're always trailing. Yes, and they if- they won something like eight or nine. Uh, less than three point games this year, or something like that, didn't they? Yeah, it was one possession games. Stuff. It was one possession games. Yeah, right. But one possession is three points. Like, yeah. no, they no, weren't, they, they weren't. They, they were eleven. They, they were eleven and zero in one score games in total. Now, if you include the eight points, and if you were, you were, I think, I think the stat you were looking at was less than five. Whatever. I knew it was like close it was eight to eight or something yeah, it was like eight, that. It was eight and yeah. Right, like right, it was like seven or eight games they won like by like whatever, three points, four points, whatever it was. Do you like, think they don't they don't beat anybody. They don't come out and win by two scores. They don't do it. I, I think they trail it, the entire game like they did against the Colts and somehow pull it out of their ass. I, I I don't know about you guys, but I, I I think this is this is not a coincidence that Sean McVay says that he might be contemplating and stepping away. I, I Everything that you see with the Rams, they have no future. He won his Super Bowl. Step away. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that Sean Payton wants to come back and he wants to coach one of those L.A. teams. It He's makes... going to the Cardinals. What happened? Payton's going to the Cardinals. What, what makes you think that? Because of Zayvon Collins, the... obviously. No, no, not because of Zayvon <laughs> Collins. Because, because it's the same reason why Sean Payton didn't end up in Dallas. Because Sean Payton wants to be a GM and a head coach, and that situation right now only Oh, yeah, because Kyle's Well, that's down. what that's I right. thought, too, yeah. but I, I, I really and think Kingsbury's that... Kingsbury's going to the Rams. But if McVay... Well, well, who, Ooh, Kingsbury, Kingsbury to the Rams. That's Kingsbury to the Rams? Kingsbury's going to the Rams to be their offensive coordinator because the Rams just lost their offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen uh, signed two days ago to be the new offensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky. Oh, I haven't okay. I haven't heard anything that Kingsbury going to the Rams. 
You watch. They're best friends. You watch. But Sean McVay says he's stepping down. He's not. Why is he saying that? To get attention. Get attention, or maybe he, he knows that there's no future of this team. This team is going to fall apart. Being a part of trading right. away the future. He's, they Sean don't even McVay have a quarterback is, next year. Sean, they don't even know Sean who the quarterback's going to be. Sean McVay is that spoiled kid that wants everyone to beg him to come back, when in reality he did the worst job of anyone in the league. Do you, here's another stat for your ass, since you like stats. What's the record for most losses by a defending Super Bowl champion? Here's a tip. It's 11 by the Rams mm. this year. Yeah, the, there was only one other team that and finished maybe, under 500. And maybe the Rams are thinking in, in the big picture here is that uh, they don't want to fire Sean McVay. That's why he's contemplating because even though he won a Super Bowl last year, they know that their organization is a mess. They got to rebuild. Uh, Don, Donald got his money. Ramsey got his money. Maybe they trade in the offseason. Maybe they trade Ramsey or Donald next uh, in the offseason and get some pieces in future and, and start to move forward with this organization. Because I don't, I don't think, think Matthew has, Stafford's coming back. I don't think it has anything to do with that. What Nothing is it? to do with that. What is it? Because the Rams are just letting Sean McVay do this because if he walks away, they don't pay him. If the Rams fire McVay, they pay him. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away. And then next year, he's not getting paid, and everyone wants to get paid. All right, and he'll take it because we all know that, uh, and we've heard this. Amazon Prime wanted to pay him a lot of money last year. If you if you you don't remember, they were going to pay him a significant amount of money as a broadcaster. Yeah, he's an encyclopedia. Makes sense. Right, right. But the problem that he's facing is, let's say he walks away. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're saying he can go to Amazon and whatever. Yep. Well, that, that's the same boat Sean Payton was in. And when he wanted to come back and start the show interest, the Saints were like, don't think so, buddy. You're still under contract. How about, and then that's what, how about Fox doing this, bringing in, bringing in Sean McVay to work with Tom Brady on Fox? That would be, that would be a, an all-star Tom cast. Brady's like a, Tom Brady's a Raider next year. I, I, do th- I think Tom Brady's either a Raider or a 49ers next year. I, I, I believe that. I think, cause I'm going to go Raider or Dolphin. Because he was already rumored to be trying to get a piece before with the Flores thing or whatever. I'd say Raider. Oh, yeah, they were tampering for it last year. Right, right. I don't think he goes goes back to the Buccaneers, and I do believe Tom. And Tom Brady got that big contract. But, again, Sean McVay, Fox is looking for that all-star cast. You bring McVay, you bring Tom Brady. I mean, you got yourself an ultimate great cast right there. A play-by-play slash... You know, you know, quarterback. That's that one of the greatest. That doesn't make. Yeah, that's not how that works because you can't just stick those guys in and they're going to be an all-star cast. Because if that were the case, Greg Olson wouldn't have sucked because he was a great player too. And you Greg Olson was great. There's been plenty of dudes that have you don't sucked. like Greg Olson as a player. I think a, he stinks. Oh, I, I thought he, he was stinks. great. I thought he was a great color guy. There's a reason why they didn't keep him. <laughs> well, I disagree because every time he was on, I thought he was fantastic. Players don't autom- automatically translate. <laughs> how many times? How many times has ESPN had a, a Jason Witten? Yes, Jason Witten. Well, yes, Jason Witten sucked. <laughs> right, but Greg Olson right, was somebody, good. He was good. I, 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 I like it, Greg Olson. It doesn't. It, it it's that's not how it works. It doesn't just automatically translate. No, you're right. You're right. Aren't, it's not aren't. guaranteed. It's the same kind of thing with coaching too. No, but I, I mean, Sean McVay's very well respected around the league. He know he he's an almanac, like Speedy said. Yeah, and great. Maybe he's an maybe he's an idiot when he talks about other things. Just because he has like a photogenic memory doesn't mean he would be good at speaking to the public. Mm. I think he's pretty well spoken though, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried about that. Uh, Keith says the Rams are a mess. He's definitely gone. Uh, he thinks he's walking away. 
uh, good chance Brady is in the booth. Uh, says Tom Brady would probably want to go to Miami so he could beat the Jets two more times in his career. I, no, I think... Uh, and Keith I, agrees with you, Jeff. What? what that Olsen is horrible. Think, you know, speak yeah, up. Olsen was terrible. I, I disagree. I'm, I, I'd say Keith is wrong on that. I thought Olsen was good. I, I listened to him three or four times this year. I thought he was fantastic. You know, I, That's my opinion, but I, I thought he was a terrible good player. Terrible recognizes terrible. Yeah, well... Shut up, you. I, I, I will say I'm just this. Saying, I, I don't think he's any good. There's plenty of guys that aren't any good. Uh, I mean, beyond Romo, it's like everyone's trying to replicate the Romo thing, and I think that that's a one You know what sucks? Think... You know what sucks going into these games with Miami, obviously, <laughs> against the Bills, and Jackson obviously might not even play against the Bengals. I mean, these games are going to be simple for those two quarterbacks. Could you Lamar Jackson don't play, Baltimore doesn't stand a chance. If Tua don't play, there's no way Miami even has a chance. He's already been ruled out then. I know. I know. I, I know. But Lamar Jackson hasn't been ruled out. He hasn't. Tua has. But the, they're going to have to forget the like, Wildcat. <laughs> all right. I'm, uh, I just need to like have a rewind, and I know this is going to like upset you again. Oh, well, whatever. I'm just going to do it. Here we go. Now, you can't argue that the Dolphins are a good playoff team when they play the Jets, but then when they when they make the playoffs in the same no, we're, quarterback I said playing, they were, they, if Tua was healthy all year, they'd be 11 or 12 wins. No, they wouldn't even be at that if it was Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. They wouldn't. But you were arguing, oh, there's some this good playoff team, and that's why the Jets had a hard time winning. And now you're saying, this team stinks, and they're getting blown out. Oh, oh, you got to pick a lane. Oh, hold on one second. I, I said what? The, the Jets were a tough – when I was – when we were talking about the Jets, you we were like, uh-huh. oh, the Dolphins, playoff team, really tough. They're a playoff the team. They were a playoff team. I didn't say the oh, Dolphins dude. were, were an elite team. Uh, not with Skylar Thompson because now you're just oh. making my case that I made earlier that the, the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson are terrible or just terrible. Um, I The Jets beat Thompson in the first game of the season when they played Thompson. If you remember MetLife Stadium. Yeah, I thought, I yes, absolutely. But if two, two was playing, I think they win 11 or 12 games this year. Yeah, I do. And and, and the Jets beat a team that – they beat a team that actually right. made the playoffs, which was right, over 500. Right, but you, you, you only play the guys that you can, right? And like, and, but the case that I was making was you didn't win that last game of the year against a terrible team, like a terrible team, an objectively terrible team. Because that team had Skylar Thompson. They're terrible. And now you're telling me that the Skylar Thompson Dolphins are terrible and they stand no chance in a playoff game when you made the exact opposite argument when, it, when they were playing the Jets. Yes. You I, 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 no, the first, of all, first of all, again, Jeff, I'm going to go back to it. I said that the ego, if if Tua was healthy, this team is going. They're they're an absolute good team. They can win 11, 12 games. So did Speedy but say that? But the Jets didn't play a Tua team. I they? understand that, but the Jets still beat a team that made the playoffs about a month ago. I still thought they could have won the division at that time. They still beat a team that made the playoffs, and that was over five hundred. You, you, everybody, and, and, and I wasn't attacking Kenny, but let's be honest. When you look at the Giants' last six games, and you look at the Jets, who had the hardest schedule? It's not even close. Yeah. The Jets played. Oh, yeah, the, Jets they, did. the Jets absolutely did. Now, I'm not, that well, that's doesn't what mean. I told you, that's that, what I told you from the start of the season, preseason. I was like, oh, dude, look at the Giants' schedule. They're making the play. No, you did, and so did I. I thought the Giants were going to win eight or nine games, and they did. They won eight or nine games. Although I did think they were going to do it with Kadarius Tony. Sorry, Scooby. Yeah, believe me. Uh, he's doing pretty well with Kansas City. I don't think he's crying right now. I don't think oh, he's yeah. crying. No, but I His second wind that's Giants. coming with Kansas City. Oh, yeah, he could area Tony. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's playing good football, is he not? <laughs> yes, in the two games he's played. Okay, but he's still he's playing good football. 
You can, you can make – he's going to play a big part in that offense in the playoffs. You know he is. But, so, yeah, there's always somebody random that comes out of an Andy Reid offense. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I guarantee I don't you. know. I think, the, I think the random guy that's going to play a bigger part is Isaiah Pacheco. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, but he's already had a role. Like yeah. he, the, He's already had a role on that team. It, Andy Reid always has somebody that's, like, completely Where does Andy Reid find these running backs, by the way? I, I mean, right. Eric McKinnon was that guy last year. Right? It's crazy. Like, just oh, came out of nowhere. Find, dude, don't come on with that. Where does he find these running backs? He does. Dude, no, he doesn't. Anyone could have had him. Jared McKinnon, anyone could have had him. Ronald Jones, anyone could have had him. Was anyone Was anyone like, oh, my God, i got to have Ronald Jones on the team when he was with the Buccaneers? Nobody said that. Ronald, Ronald Jones did. might be that guy this year because he barely played in the regular season. But, I, but it just goes back to what I always tell you. All that matters is the offensive line, dude. That's all that matters is the offensive line. Anyone can run. Why do the Patriots always have – Eighth round, ninth round, tenth round, and I realize those rounds don't exist. I'm doing it for exaggeration. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, draft picks, right? Then, oh, oh my God, where did well, they, they find this guy? They, they do just have run the ball well. They do have eighth or ninth rounds. They have undrafted players. <laughs> right, but right, but it, no, but they drafted Kevin Harris. Harris. They drafted yeah. Pierre Strong. When Pierre Strong got in the game, everyone was like, "Wow, Pierre Strong, where did he come from?" Like. That's what they I, did. I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Stevenson. No, but all of a sudden, Ramondre Stevenson can run. Well, they would cut a bunch of dudes. That's just what Andy Reid does. He just finds anybody that anyone else could have had, and he's got a good offensive line with Tooney and Brown and uh, Fisher Creed Humphrey. Yeah. Um, Creed Humphrey, right? Yeah. Creed Humphrey yeah. and all these other dudes. That's what matters. Your offensive line. That's it. Yeah, the trenches. It's the only yes. reason. It's the only reason Zeke Elliott was worth two shits is because he had the best <laughs> offensive line in the league for his first three years, and since now he doesn't, he blows donkey balls, and the dude that actually can run is Tony Pollard. <laughs> well, Zeke Elliott has had a good season. I, I don't know how you can think that he hasn't. He's been, he's been pretty Tony, good. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. He's had a good year. Tony Pollard's had a better. Yes, yes, Tony, yes sure. he did, and he he touches the ball. Right, well, that's the comparison. Yeah. Zeke Elliott still sucks donkey balls, and Tony Pollard is better. Uh, Keith also says, uh, Jeff, you're right about the offensive line. Uh, that is why Brady was great. <laughs> it's all about the hurt. trenches. Everybody knows that it's a defensive line. Stop it with the line. stop it with the. That's why Brady is better because I can dispel that myth too. That's an easy one to no, do. No, no, he said that's why Brady Steve. never got hurt. No, that's not true at all. Brady never got hurt. And I know what he's going to say. I know what he's going to say. He has a fast release. It has nothing to do with the offensive line. Brady always got himself, get the ball out of his hands very, very quickly. You want want the best example for that? No, I don't. Don't do it it again. Don't do it again. Yes, you're going to bring up Nate Solder. I know. (laughs) Don't do it again. You do this all the time. Dude, I, people people called me and they were like, you are jealous that Nate Solder went down. I was like, okay, you wait, buddy. You just wait because it's not going to go so well. You just gave $150 million to a pylon. I stopped Dave Gallagher. You know, that's, that's, that's what they should have put at left tackle. That's what the Giants should have put there. They should have put one of the end zone pylons with the camera in it to get a better look at Daniel Jones getting sacked. Believe me, believe me, I would have trusted end zone pylon more than Bobby Hart playing right tackle as well. Right, but that's what I'm saying. So, the, the, oh, Brady never got hurt because he – no, Brady never got hurt because – and this is what makes Brady the greatest quarterback because he was the best pre-snap of any quarterback ever. He knew where the ball was going as soon as it was snapped, period. And so he threw it there immediately. And that's why everyone criticized him. Oh, Brady threw so many short passes. He can't throw the ball deep. Stop it with this thing. Brady had one of the worst offensive lines going. He was healthy because he's smarter than you. 
No, and, and Tom Brady, I mean, what he has done and and what he his numbers and how he went to the playoffs and how he's won all those Super Bowls, he has a lot to do with it. But he's also he's also played on teams that had very good defenses, very good running games. And, that uh, has to do with their overall record. That has nothing to do no, with no, blocking. No, no, I, I no. Under, I understand. I understand. And it's all about the trenches. We, we speak about that all the time. If, and I say this all the time. If you can run the ball and control the clock and you have a good offensive line and your defense can, can half stop most offenses in the league, which we've seen with Peyton Manning over the years and why Peyton Manning really couldn't get over the hump, you can win. And, and that's the most important thing. You need a strong running game. But that's why I don't game. blame you for thinking the Jets would have been a playoff team. The Jets were a playoff team this year with any quarterback in the league. Not, Dude, hey, I'll tell you what. You want a quarterback to get you to playoffs? Go sign Ryan Tannehill right now for peanuts. <laughs> He'll be better than anyone you have. <laughs> the and Jets, he stinks. The Jets are not going to bring Ryan Tannehill. Name any other quarterback in the league. Name any uh, uh, starting quarterback. Name any other starting quarterback in the league the Jets make the playoffs. No. I, I, I would agree. I, I would agree. If the Jets had a, a, a decent quarterback this year, they make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would say that. Decent? Yeah. What are you talking about decent? No, if the Jets didn't have the worst quarterback that has ever played football, ever played football, they make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, and again, it has Me? a lot. That has who, a- who wouldn't have left? Dude, uh, Marcus Mariota. I don't know. Falcons weren't great because they weren't great on defense, but Marcus Mariota could lead an offense. They just make the playoffs. I would agree. The Jets would have made the playoffs. Bring back Geno Smith. Smith. The Jets make the playoffs. The Jets had Sam Darnold. They make the playoffs. Sam Darnold, I think, uh, what did they say? He led the league in in yards per throw or something like that all season long? When he took over the I'm not sure how you, how far you can go with that because he really didn't play the whole. He only played like the last four weeks. Well, yeah, he only he only came in the. Uh, and and I, I don't think like Zach that. Wilson was the worst quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, Jamarcus oh, Russell, oh, right. I, he's he was horrible. No, Jamarcus Ryan Russell Leaf, Ryan Leaf, come on, Ryan man. Leaf was great. He did it on pills. Oh, get out of here! He stinks. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, Ryan Leaf made it three seasons in the league. I'm not sure Zach Wilson's going to. Well, well, hold on one second. We don't even know, all right? And and that has a lot to do with the coaching and the offensive coordinator. I mean, we know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, we know. I mean, we know. He stinks. Any other quarterback in the league, name one. The Jets make the playoffs. They had a really good defense. And just the, uh, hey, I'll give you a better quarterback, Tim Tebow. (laughs) Tim Tebow. They make the playoffs. Tim Tebow wouldn't have taken him to the playoffs. Give me a break. And what I don't, are you talking don't about? Don't open me about the Denver Broncos. The Broncos yes, the and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the one game. I know. I remember it. You don't have to get me started with that. And and, and the Broncos, if you watch the, if you look at the Broncos schedule that year, it was horrible. They actually beat the Jets, if you remember. The Rex Ryan Jets. Yeah, they came back on them down yes, 10 or something. I remember. Yeah. I remember that game. All right, Jeff. Here, here's one for you. Here's one for you. John Wolford. Did the Jets make the playoffs with John Wolford? 100%. 100%. Get out of here. Get out of here. What, what, are you, what, what are you smoking could, over there? I could, I could what are you build, smoking? I could build a quarterback with the spare body parts of Alex Smith and Robert Griffin <laughs> what? III. Oh, God. Are you listening wow. to this guy now? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. You really went there, Jeff. I, of course he you, went there. Do you, do you remember the surfer girl of while back that had her arm bitten off? Yeah, by I forget yes. her name. I forget her name. Yes. I, they I made a movie on it. Her throwing passes with her Shut nub up. than Alex, than could, Zach Wilson. Could you stop? This is ridiculous. 
This is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, says Nathan Peterman. Peter, doesn't it? All right, Stuck says Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, call back in a little while. We'll we'll do our picks, and you can you can make your picks. All right. Oh, you oh you want me to be part? I, yes. I was getting shadow banned there for a while. You're no. moderating. I want I, I want you to come. I want to see what our records are going to be this week after we make our picks. We're all going to have the same picks. It's I mean, no, we're not. It's, it's no, all... we're not. No, we're not. I, I have a lot of surprises this week. I have oh, a lot of surprises. Well, then you'll be wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's just what the, this is. The, this is what it's going to end up being. If you have a lot of surprises, all of your picks are going to end up like Carl's Precious Michigan. Jeff, just call back. Thank you, Jeff. You know, it's it's so funny when he calls the show. I I, I have to give him a chance to speak because he likes it, and he's got. I, Jeff has some quality points, but some of his points are just outlandishly crazy. I mean, I I mean, it's like he he's like wiping his ass and he's trying to pull out some dingleberries or something like that. Am I right or wrong? He's, he's trying to find an extra dingleberry here or there. I, he is the I have to say, he is one of those guys that just you you, you want to listen to, but you don't want to listen to at the same time. It, it, it's like I uh, it's like trying to figure out what he's going to pitch. Is he going to throw a curveball, a fastball, a cutter? What is he going to throw? And usually he just you know, he just says, "Go ahead, chase my my fastball. See if you can chase my fastball." He says he's entertaining for about five minutes. He's interesting. He really is. Um, Stuck brings up a good one though, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> that would be a real one to tough tough for you, Jeff. Lamar Jackson still not practicing with the playoff match uh, with his uh, with his team. Uh, the chances of him playing on Sunday, if he's not practicing on Thursday, which is tomorrow, mm-hmm. he's probably they're probably going to announce that he's not going to play. And if I was Lamar Jackson, guys, and this is coming from me, if I'm expecting a big contract from this organization and you're not going to give it to me. And I'm trying to protect myself moving forward in the offseason where I can make a lot of money. I don't play in this game because this team snuck into the playoffs. This team is not really good. Their offensive line has played horribly for this, this year. And one of the main reasons why Lamar Jackson has been running for his dear life this year is because the offensive line has just completely collapsed on the left side. So uh, if I was Lamar, I sit out for this game. I don't put any – Jackson's not playing, Keith says – I absolutely don't play in this game. I absolutely. Because I'm trying. He is his agent. And if he wants to make that money, the fact the fact that the Baltimore Ravens wouldn't give him guaranteed money going into this season, he has got to protect himself. He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. Because right. if it's not the Ravens that are going they're going to they're going to franchise him and they're going to have to trade him. Right. They're going to have to trade him. Which means they're they're going to suck because they're going to be looking for a new quarterback, yeah, and they're a bad quarterback development franchise. Now, so. um, if they franchise him, trade him, teams are going to have to give up a first round draft pick for Lamar Jackson because he is. If you would ask me, Lamar Jackson is elite quarterback in his league. Okay, yeah, he's he's definitely top ten. Whether top he's, ten, he's top seven, top yeah, six, right? right? Wh- wh- wherever you have him in that, one an MVP. Yeah, I wherever mean, you have him in that range is interchangeable. I've heard a lot of people say he's ten. I've heard a lot of people say he's six, whatever. But he's definitely top ten. So he's going to warrant a first round pick because he's top hundred percent going to warrant ten and young. He yeah. is absolutely going to warrant a first round draft pick. So if the Jets are willing to give up a first round draft pick, they're going to have to change their offense. Through him, right. so uh-huh. I I I don't do that. If I were the Jets, I stay away from. I've been hearing stories that the the Jets are interested in Lamar Jackson. I'd stay far far away from Lamar Jackson. Now here's here's the other dilemma too. Now we've also not, heard not because I don't think he's a great quarterback. It's just 
I don't think he fits the role of what the Jets have, the weapons that he have, the Conklins, the Garrett Wilsons, the Elijah Moore. I, even though they're weapons, th- their offense would have to run through Schematic Lamar difference. schematically. Correct. So, which, is what the, which is what the Ravens did. Now, here's the other question, too, because I know you were mentioning that you think the Ravens mm-hmm. maybe could fire yeah. Harbaugh at the end of the year, too. Yep. I'm not saying the Jets bring in Harbaugh. Do the Jets bring in Greg Roman as an offensive coordinator maybe. to try to do that? Maybe. I don't to try to coordinate a trade with Lamar Jackson. I don't think the Jets are going with Lamar Jackson. I don't care what anybody says. They're just bringing up names because they want to sell, you know, stories. I, I think the three quarterbacks they're going to be looking at is Derek Carr, one. Number two, Jimmy Garoppolo. And number three, if there's a possibility, Aaron Rodgers. Now, do you think Garoppolo's maybe value may have fallen now with LaFleur Fire, though? Because that was a scheme fit initially. No, I, th- I still think they're going to run somewhere okay. around the same offense. Okay. They're going to run, run a West Coast offense. If Kubiak comes in, that's a West Coast yes, offense. Kubiak's definitely West Yeah, West 100%. If, if they bring in Kingsbury, that's a West Coast offense. Um, if they bring in uh, Wright. Frank Wright. They have a variation. Yeah, yeah variation, okay. West Coast offense. And uh, they were, I think Frank Wright would be the perfect fit because Great. I think he can help grow and build Zach Wilson to the quarterback that they think he could be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think Frank Wright would be perfect for the Jets. Is it going to be Frank Wright? It's probably not. I, I've been hearing a lot of Gary Kubiak. That's, that's the guy they want. They want to bring in a veteran guy, a guy in that, 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 coaching, that coaching locker room that could give him that kind of leadership. Kubiak's one. He's one as a head coach. He's one as an offensive coordinator. And I think he adds a little bit of uh, an intensity that the Jets need. Yeah, I think Reich's also a really good culture guy, too, though. Because remember, that Colts team in 2018 was supposed to be among the worst teams in the league. And they got into the playoffs right away. And all the players seem to, to like him. Now, a lot of them didn't get second contracts because of injury issues or something else with Ryan, uh, without Ryan Griggs and Chris Ballard mm-hmm. uh, as the GM. But still, they were able to replenish those players pretty well for the most part. Now, the recent drafts haven't been as good, and that's hurt them try to stay competitive. But they've still had pretty good late-round picks. A lot of good defensive players that weren't expected to be that good really fit in that, that team. And so, hence why Matt Everflew's got a job with the Bears, too. So... If Frank Reich could bring that kind of stability to the Jets where these random, not random receivers, but these receivers could be a little more consistent because the Jets have talent with their receivers, but they never had a consistent number two. And that's, that hurt them a lot, too. And definitely with the quarterback. I think when you sit here and, and you look at trying to figure out where this guy's going to go and that guy's going to go next year, <laughs> we know Derek Carr is not going back with the Vegas, the, the Vegas yeah. Raiders. Uh-huh. We know that. We're 100% sure on that. Jimmy Garoppolo, we're not get, there's no guarantees that he is going to leave the 49ers in the offseason. He could re-sign with them. Yeah, and there like has been year. stories coming out that he will re-sign with them. So take Jimmy Garoppolo. So you have Derek Carr. There's a guy. Uh, I do believe the Raiders are either going to trade him within four days after the season or they're going to have to let him go. Yeah. And that means he – remember, because if, if he's on the team three days, four days after the season's end, they got to guarantee him the $28 million. Uh, and that hurts their – Dead cap. That dead cap. So – they're not going to do that, so they're probably going to let him go. Which is probably going to, which will hurt the value. Maybe they which might could sell help. short. Well, which could, which could help the Jets because if he becomes available, they don't have to trade away pieces to get him. They don't have to trade away a second or a four, a, a second and a five, or a second and a third, or a, a second of the and a fourth. Wait, they might be stuck with having to deal for a fourth round pick. A fourth round pick, which yeah. could help the Jets if they decide to do that. So no matter what. The Raiders have really put themselves behind, you know, behind the eight ball. Now, yeah. I think the, the best and the most sense for the New York Jets is to go after Derek Carr. Why? 
because I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know how great he is. He's better. Like Jeff said, he's probably better than – he's definitely better than Zach Wilson. He's better oh, than Mike White. Yeah. He's better than any of those guys. So if, if they had Derek Carr this year, they make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. So with the weapons that they have coming back next year and the offensive line help that they could have and with the draft stock that they have and the money that they could have when it comes to the cap, they, they signed Derek Carr for a two- or three-year deal, top-heavy him, give him $35, $40 million a year, give him $80 million. Two years, and then you decide what you do in, in two years from him. Give Zach Wilson an opportunity. If if Derek Carr can't stay healthy, if he stays healthy, then you trade that Zach Wilson after this year if Derek Carr has one of those breakout seasons. That's what I would do. You know, it, 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 don't don't spend too much. Don't give away too much when you have a chance where you can build for something spectacular next year where, where the Jets are going to be positioned with the talent that they have. So I don't know what's going to happen, but schematically – I, with the New York Jets, Derek Carr does fit. Um, the problem is, is I think Aaron Rodgers would would tame Zach Wilson's big mouth. You know what I mean? You heard what Zach Wilson said. I, I don't. If anybody didn't hear what Zach Wilson said, he's said he's going to give whoever they bring in to from free agency hell yeah, okay. and practices. Good luck. Why? Why would you say that? Because first of all. I love Zach Wilson. I, I I love his competitiveness. I don't love him as a player, but I I love his competitiveness. the The problem is, is that his mouth has gotten him into trouble. It's put him in a bad position with the press, with the New York, uh, you know, fans, everything, because of his big mouth, or not even speaking or throwing his team under the bus when he should have been, you know, being a leader for his team. Right. That's what's hurt him. Yeah. So when you say something like that, what do you think if Aaron Rodgers decides to go to the Jets? What you, you don't think Aaron Rodgers heard him say that, mm-hmm. or he's he's going to read him say that? Yeah, you know Aaron Rodgers don't take crap. Yeah, not only that, Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr, you think Derek Carr is going to deal with Zach Wilson saying that he's going to give him hell? Uh, you know, during practices when, let's be honest. Derek Carr goes to the Jets. He is the number one guy. It's not even an argument. And even so, let's say the Jets do trade for Aaron Rodgers and maybe keep Zach Wilson and don't include him in the deal. Zach Wilson will realize, all right, I'm getting shied away from now. I'm not going to. I'm not getting stuck in the limelight where he's getting all this pressure on him too. So I think it's selfish. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to get a lot of stories. Aaron Rodgers is going somewhere next year. It's not going to be Green Bay. I mean, if everybody watched Aaron Rodgers against the Lions. After the Lions game, he pretty much walked off the field with, you know, his arm around Jared Goff. Yeah, he was looking around. I think this is I saw another photo, Randall Cobb. So, I, I, yeah, so. I think it's over. I think I think he's done with Green Bay. I don't think his career is over because Aaron Rodgers is far from done. I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he can win another Super Bowl. I, I if if Brady goes to the Raiders, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Forty Niners. Uh huh. I I. I, I Aaron Rodgers goes to the 49ers. You don't tell me the 49ers aren't the favorites. They don't win the Super Bowl. That would be the perfect if you can't beat them, join them. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, he always wanted to be drafted by the 49ers. Yeah, I already think they're the best roster in the league. I mean, you put Aaron Aaron Rodgers there. Forget about it. Under, you know, Trey Lance gets to work under Aaron Rodgers for the next two years. I I, I think it's a dream for him to learn from, from one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. And he could still play at a top level. Let's be honest. He could. With that team? With that team, Al Rodgers, with Christian McCaffrey and, and, and the weapons that they have, the Samuels, the Ayukes, uh, the Kittles, you don't think they, they, they're a Super Bowl championship team? Well, they definitely are if they can make the cap work with the $50 million make it. contract. I don't think he's going gonna, I, I to do that. I, I think what they're going to do, uh, now, 
the is it could they take some of the contract? Can't uh, the well, if they can make the Packers pay some of it, but I don't think they could pay very much. So the Packers will get you know this. I, I don't know if the 49ers have a first round draft pick this year, do they? No, because the, the 49ers, Lance, right? the 49ers had to trade that to the Dolphins, so the Dolphins had that, so then the Dolphins traded to the Broncos for Chubb. So no, they don't have one this year. That was their only one they had at the time. So the 49ers could trade next year's first round draft pick. Okay. Actually, I don't think he's worth a first-round draft pick. Say, say you give up a second-round draft pick this year. They have a second-round draft pick. The 49ers give their second and— uh, No, they don't have that either because they traded that for McCaffrey. So they don't have a—I a, think they don't have yeah. a fifth-round pick this year and sixth or something So how like is that, that going to work? Yeah, so I, I, that might be out of the question for them. Unless to they to make trade, trade for a second pick. And bring bring a team in or and trade should, one of the players. You know, they'd have to trade another player probably to do that. Or move up in the second round. Yeah. So they, the if they really wanted Aaron Rodgers, they would have to do that where they would have to trade another player. And Keith player. says, what's wrong with Purdy? I, I, it's Nothing's wrong with Purdy. I just – I think Purdy has proved himself this year, but Trey Lance is the future. He is. They, they, they drafted him. They gave up a future for Trey Lance. So I, as much as I like Purdy and, – and Purdy, they're not winning with Purdy. They're not. But and even if they even if they do, he's going to want a lot of money to be like a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's going to help the stock. And again, he's, he's going to be traded. Actually, that might be a, a piece that they could trade. To no, bring. definitely. Either get a second somebody's going to be a, somebody's going to have to be a chip because they're going to either in the quarterback trade or to Purdy is not the future. Pure Purdy is not the future. There's no way they're giving up on Trey Lance after drafting him in the top what five. They, I think it was the fifth round, third, fifth pick, yeah. third pick. Yeah. There's no way they're giving up on Trey Lance after you know, you know, hurting his ankle. Yeah, he, plus is he the doesn't really have guy. trade value right now, unless yeah. there's a coach that. It's loves not him. Purdy. Purdy is not the future. Because uh, you have to think that I like Purdy, but he's not the future. Yeah, you, even if he if they do win this year, the Niners, because they definitely could. Brock Purdy's going to expect a lot more money. I don't even too. think Purdy's going to start. I, I think he'll start the first game. Jimmy well, if Garoppolo, Garoppolo comes back later, it depends Garoppolo's, on how he plays. And yeah. they're saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be back in week week two of the playoffs, which is possible. It also again, it depends on how Purdy plays in those playoff games too. Because again, he's played well this season, but again, the playoffs they can are win. And, and, and Keith, I think right. they can too. They can win with Purdy. I think, I think they, they can could. too. But Dick Purdy is not the future. But that, yeah, right, right. There's a difference between that because they don't know because that can. Players after Super Bowl winning teams always get, can get a little bit overpaid with their next contract, too. So if the Niners, if Brock Purdy believes that he can maybe splash and make money somewhere else as a starting quarterback, then he might take and that Kyle Shan And Kyle Shanahan's career rests on Trey Lance's great growth. If, if Trey Lance doesn't develop, I mean, Kyle Shanahan's gone. It, it, it's pretty simple. It, it, this is the same thing with the Jets and Robert Sala. If Zach Wilson doesn't develop, Robert Sala is gone unless somehow Derek Carr goes over there and gets the Jets to the Super Bowl uh, and wins the Super Bowl or gets them to an AFC title game back-to-back years. It's going to take a lot for Robert Sala to keep his job. You see, Joe Douglas, if he keeps drafting right and building this team, Joe Douglas will keep his job. He will because he's the best GM the Jets ever had. (laughs) Let's be honest. If Garrett Wilson, like Jeff says, if Garrett Wilson wins the offensive rookie of the year – and Sauce Garner wins Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's the first time. When was the last time you've seen a team win Defensive and Offensive Rookie of the Years? I don't think it's ever happened before. I, do you remember a team that's ever done that? Yeah, I'm trying to think offhand. I don't remember. If that happens, this is the first time it's ever happened in NFL history, as far as I know. So that that stands well for what Joe Douglas has done the last two years when it comes to the draft stock. Now, they got to win, and that's why the quarterback position is so very important. So you bring in a free agent like a Derek Carr, and maybe that's the the thing that can get him over the hump. 
it could change everything. Yeah, that, that's the other thing with Purdy, too. Like, maybe they get to the NFC Championship game with him, or they get to a Super yeah. Bowl, and they lose to the Bills, or they lose yeah. to the Chiefs, whatever. But they still could think, okay, if Tom Brady becomes available, we're not going to miss that kind of thing either. Because it, it might be harder with Aaron Rodgers, because that is going to be a trade. And it, by the way, is Shanahan's not going anywhere? If Shanahan, and I'm, I, I remember I said this, Keith, because this, this is going to sell everything. If Shanahan does not win a Super Bowl in the next year, that means this year and next year, Shanahan will be gone. Shanahan's been to one Super Bowl, actually as an offensive coordinator, completely bonded against the Patriots. And, and when they had a chance to win, when they had a big-time lead, he was the offensive coordinator decided to stop to run, stop running the ball in the final six, seven minutes of the game. All they had to do was run the ball. All they had to do was kick a couple field, one field goal, and they win that game. And they didn't. He, he decided to throw, throw, throw. It, it screwed him up. Then they had a 10-point lead, if you remember, against the, the, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then with five minutes left, they had the ball. Six minutes left, they had the ball. All they had to do was run the ball. And they decided to throw the ball and then stop running the ball. And that was that's what lost the game for Shanahan. They could have won the Super Bowl that year with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you telling me this year, if they do the same friggin' thing and they don't win the Super Bowl when they when they made the big move for Christian McCaffrey, gave up that many picks and, and moving forward with the players that they have, the offense and the defense, they don't win the Super Bowl this year. Even with Purdy, they don't need a st- elite quarterback to win with that team. Well, that, yeah, that's what I think. That's what makes his value good, though. With with that, so it depends on what they get. Yes, they next love year him, too. and he says they love him at San Francisco. It doesn't they matter. Do. They do. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Jets love Robert Sala. Does that mean that the Jets aren't going to fire Robert Sala? Robert Sala loved Mike LaFleur. Loved him, adored him because it was like it was his, you know, his buddy's best, you know, his brother and his his best friend's brother. And he fires him after 2 years. Business is business, baby. Business is business. Winning is winning. It's what you what you, what you haven't what's the, what's the word? What have you done for me lately? That's the saying. And 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 by the way, San Francisco since Kyle Shanahan's been there, has won how many Super Bowls? Zero. Still not, yeah. He's been there for what? Five years? Yeah, the first two years they, they were still were rebuilding. So, but the last rebuilding three, what? He took over the, for Jim. The really Jim bad rosters they had. Uh, really the bad middle. rosters. I mean, that bad roster that wanted that went to a Super Bowl one time. With Jim Harbaugh, did it not? No, no, no. I meant middle 2000s. Yeah, no, you're right. That roster was good. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But, he took over for that but, roster. But after, after the, like, the Willis and Bowman retirements, and they lost practically that whole defense. I understand. They were really bad for a while. I'm just saying when you look at the big picture, he's been there for five years. Kyle Shanahan has been there for five years. He's been to one Super Bowl, and he's won none. As much as they love him, it's, it's a winning league. You got to win. Bill Belichick? He could. He. This is the first time Bill Belichick hasn't made the playoffs in how long? Well, two years ago they didn't. Oh, uh, that's the, right. But playoffs, so. but besides the last two, the the, the two, no, the last year before that was the year Brady got. I, I'm just saying the yeah. la- Besides the two years of the last four years, the last one before that was 08 when Brady got hurt. Okay, Th- that's how many years? That is twelve. That's twelve years. Okay, so Bill Belichick doesn't have to make the playoffs once in a blue moon, and nobody's going to even talk about it. Nobody gives a crap. Because that guy won six Super Bowls. Nobody gives a crap. So you sit here and you, you, you Bill Belichick, didn't, nobody cares. Because Bill Belichick could get over the hump, make the playoffs next year. He has the offseason with the money that they're going to have off the books. I mean, Bill, they have like $115 million. I think it's top three, top four in the league. Well, Chicago is $115 million. I think they're third. They're after the Giants. I think they're about $50 million. 
What do you mean 50 million? 50 million in total cap space. I thought they had more than that. No, Chicago has like double the rest of the league. Chicago has 115. I think the Giants have 56 and the Patriots have 52. You I sure think. that? Look yeah. that up. Atlanta, that up. Atlanta's a 50. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Patriots are more than that. Chicago, yes. I know Chicago's definitely double the league, though. I think you need to look that up. I think the Patriots have a hell of a lot more than that. And, and going into the offseason, I'm talking about people that they're going to take off the books, too. Not just what's Well, yeah, if book. you add those. But that's what I'm saying. They're probably, probably going to have a, 70 uh, more, Maybe more than that. Maybe more than that. And, and the Patriots have a lot of money. And they, they, can, they can rebuild next year just by doing that. And, uh, listen, they found uh, a very good pass rusher in free agency, did they not? They did. Yeah, they did. So they can they can do that this year. Yeah, projected one right, right now. The Bears at 111.6 is the Giants, Falcons, Ravens, Patriots, Bengals. Uh, Patriots are at 45. Where are the Jets? 45 right now. The Jets are right now right now eight, but they have a lot of player options, so that could definitely go up. Mm. I think they could, said it could go up to about 38 with it, if all the mm. player options and team options don't happen. Which is probably going which to is probably going to happen with Corey Davis and probably two of those offensive linemen, I would imagine, and and probably the tight ends. I do not believe they're bringing both of them back. No, I don't think you can either. Because if Rucker, they they need to start playing. Oh, their that's right. Game. I forgot about Rucker. They, they have Jeremy yeah. Rucker, who is probably he started playing the last two games of the season. I think Jeremy Rucker is going to be moved into the offense a little bit more. He could block. He could do all that stuff. I expect him to play next year. So I believe. Uh, uh, what's his name again? Not Conklin. Um, Osama. Osama is probably going to be the one that's going to go. Uh, Keith says Bill's son is going to take over when he steps down. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. I Steve do too. Belichick. I, I, I believe that, too. I believe that, too. Unless he gets another job, because I'm sure he's going to be interviewing on one of these jobs. Well, right? yeah. Uh, Gerard Mayo was already interviewed for a couple defensive coordinator positions somewhere else. So I, I've he been hearing that. Uh, then he could get to get uh, What's his name again? From the uh, the defensive coordinator for the um, 49ers. Yeah, Demeco Ryan. Is, is very interested in the Texans. That's what I heard. No, he wasn't interested in the Texans. I he heard was, he was. No, no, no. He said he, was, he, he wasn't going to coach the Texans after they interviewed him. Carolina was the team he was very interested in. Really? Yeah. I, I thought he was. Carol. No, he, he he went to go interview with the Texans and said, there's no way I'm coaching there whatsoever. Really? Yeah. So the Panthers are very interested in him, and they also reached out to Frank Reich earlier today as well to interview him to be a head coach. Really? I I don't know if Frank – if I was Frank Reich, I, I'd start back up as an offensive coordinator and work my way back in. That's what I would do because all these coaches that take over other jobs for their second stem, it, it never works. And once that happens, they never get another coaching job again. I, I, I wouldn't just jump right into another coaching yeah, job. Yeah, I would right say now. Ryan's is more likely for that job. But I'm just saying, I, if I, just like, like I was Cliff, so. Cliff Kingsbury. It, it, I, if I was Cliff Kingsbury right now, I don't jump back. I take an offensive coordinator job. I, I start working with an offense, building an offense, and then when the right job comes along, I take it. Because it just didn't work this time. So why? what makes him think it's going to work in another organization? Mm-hmm. So it, I, I just think he needs a little bit more time. And Frank Wright, his first coaching job with the Colts, just didn't work out over there. And, and I, I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Is he a good coach? That's the question. And some of these guys usually aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff says, Mayo will leave. Patricia will take his spot. O'Brien to offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Mayo was uh, reached out to by the Browns, definitely. And I think for the Panthers as well for that defensive coordinator spot. I love the Browns next year. I, I love them a lot next year. If they can get a defensive coordinator that's competent, yes. Uh, just Deshaun Watson in his second, his full year as a Brown, and just figures you know figures things out and, and the speed back to the speed of the game. Uh, the kid's an elite quarterback. He is, and it's, it's, he's been out of the game for two years. When he figures it out. 
you know, even with the lack of weapons that they have over there, and they still have Amari Cooper there, and I think he has one more year left on a contract, and um, they they have some things. They're going to draft. They could draft a, a weapon, uh, or they can you know bring in a Corey Davis or something like that. Yeah, they're going to they're going to have to trade for a, probably a veteran receiver because their outside receivers are actually. Why all can't right. they sign a wide receiver? Um, well, they could. They There's could. a couple of good the ones. Pro- the problem is because of the way Watson's contract has been structured. He didn't take a lot of money this year. Mm. His guaranteed money, the the big money, the forty million or whatever it is, in this that starts hitting. So the Browns are going to lose a couple defensive pieces this year, and um, the other contracts that they signed with with Chubb with Njoku, those are going to add up to all the offensive linemen. Those are going to add up as well, where they might not have as much leeway to do that. Plus, they don't have a first-round pick, so they can, it's not like they could draft a wide receiver either. So they probably have to trade for a veteran. Honestly, I think they have other issues to worry about more. I would just try to go for a, a slot receiver more type, because Donovan Peoples-Jones actually played well as a two this year, and Cooper played well as a one, so I think they could trust that. And that was with Brissett and the other guys they had most of the year, too. So I would focus on the defense more if I were the Browns. Well, the Browns need to find some other weapons, too, because they need to help out they need to help out their quarterback. And here are the wide receivers that are going to be available this offseason. Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, nothing really big yet. Uh, Pringle, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, um, Hardy, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry could be something. Yeah, um, that type of slot receiver I think is good for them. Even somebody like Shepard or Myers, too. I think uh, that's all they really need with that because Cooper approved it. I think he's a one this there year. There really is. I mean, Davis, they're going to be teams that are going to drop. Davis, my, Corey Davis might be the best wide receiver that could be available this offseason if the Jets, you know, let him go. And I think the Jets will. So th- there are other teams that are probably going to let go of wide receivers. It's not just the Jets. Well, sure, yeah, because it's I, a young receiver. And, league, and so you heard Hopkins is going to be available. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's something I think the Giants need to look at. Cause the, I think the Giants be, need multiple, though. I, I, I'm just saying, if million, you bring yeah. in Hopkins over there to help Daniel Jones out, you're not going to have to give up much. You're really not because uh, he had the steroid thing. He barely played this year. Daniel Jones getting a weapon like that, I think he can help out over there with the Giants. He's the number one guy. You could draft a wide receiver. So I think they bring in a guy in a trader or, or a free agency, and then you draft a wide receiver. I think that's where the Giants should be. The only the only thing I would be concerned with more is the $30 million mm-hmm. that they're going to have to pay him. And can they get that similar level of production I don't production know if they're going to have to do that. Basis. I don't know if they're going to have to do that. I think they're going to renegotiate the deal if they if they if they make a trade for him. I mean, you could hope, but what is, is Hopkins going to want that is the other question. It has nothing to do with what he wants. It doesn't matter what he wants. It's 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 negotiating a deal. He has to prove himself again. He's not the same wide receiver he once was. Was he? No, but that, that's why I'm worried about the Giants doing that because can they make that kind of negotiation work? And we're not going to make our picks it. until tomorrow. We'll probably try to get Derek on. So yeah. we're, we're not going to do our picks, but – I'd like to hear what uh, Jeff has to, you know, what he has to say about some of these games. We will make our picks tomorrow with Derek. Because, uh, and, and who do we have on tomorrow, by the way? Tomorrow at 9.30, we will have former Chargers, Cardinals, Ravens, and Panthers cornerback Antoine Quezon. I remember Quezon. I remember him. And then at 10, uh, 10 o'clock, he was on our show last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Football Outsider is editor-in-chief and Associated Press All-Pro MVP voter Aaron Schatz. I remember Mr. Aaron That Schatz. was your famous Justin Herbert arguments. Oh, yes. And uh, he had his own thoughts. He had his own thoughts to my opinion towards Justin Herbert. And by the way, Justin Herbert did not look good at the end of the year, like he said. But... 
this year he's looked really, really good, especially at the end of the year. And he really put the Chargers on his shoulder and, and really took them to the playoffs because that Charger team, especially in their defense, the, the weapons that they lost, they lost Jackson early in the season. Oh, yeah. They lost jo- Joey Bosa early. They lost three defensive tackles yeah, collectively that, throughout that, the year. That team was not healthy. And, and what they did really – uh, it's it's been fantastic. By the way, Jeff says I'm going to dinner tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah, Ben also says uh, Packers considering sending 15 pick. You're not gonna have to trade that much. You're not gonna have to trade a first round. No, pick. he's a 30 million dollar older receiver. So. They're not gonna give up a 15 pick for Pop. There's no there's no way. For, there's no way Arizona is gonna get Arizona's a gonna pick. get a first round pick for Hopkins. There's no way. You're not gonna need that. that They're help. not even gonna give a second round pick for him. That's- he's a third round pick. That's it. That's gonna help. That that could help a team. This isn't the Hopkins was that a top top three wide receiver in the league. Right. This is a Hopkins that was be lucky in a top twenty. Now, if the Packers could shed salary cap space, that could help them. But they have a lot of salary cap. Space I mean, why would shed, they do so. that anyway? Aaron Rodgers is not staying there anyways, Ben. He's not. Yeah. He's not. He's Aaron Rodgers will not be. You heard it from me. He will not be a Packer next year. And there's a lot. Aaron Rodgers made it really be known, and, and even with the press conference, that he doesn't know what's going to happen in the offseason. I think the Packers already know what they're doing. That's why they gave him a two year deal. They're going to move him. Because Jordan Lover, everything that we've heard with Jordan Love, he said, he said to the Packers, pretty, pretty simple, that uh, if, if they don't play him this, this coming year, they want, he wants to be traded. Well, yeah, and also I think the Packers, if they were to try to have to trade for another quarterback, because they're not, they're not going to be able to sign one. They'll either. bring they'll bring in a free agent, you know, quarterback to play behind, you know, not a star, not a stud, maybe a Mike White or somebody like that. I'm just saying, no, like, I know somebody that. like that. My point is to Ben though, the, the, that's going to add up extra money too. Where I, even if the if, even if the Packers brought in another veteran guy, that's still twenty million plus Hopkins thirty million. That's about the same as what Aaron Rodgers is making. So you're yeah. not going to have the cap space for that either, considering all else you're going to lose, too. Well, he says hope Rodgers is gone. And I, I don't know why you hope Aaron Rodgers is gone. Rodgers was the only reason why they had a chance to make the playoffs. I mean, Rodgers played with a bad finger on his throwing hand, and he still almost put the team on his shoulders to get him into the playoffs. Yeah, but look at the outlook of the way the defense played this year, Ben, and try to figure out – is can you trust them to be able to do it for a full season considering they're going to probably lose a couple secondary pieces as well their offensive line continues to be banged up and they have they're going to have to rebuild that's why I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers is gone. I think one $30 million receiver is not what the Packers need right now. They need two receivers to really make that team work. That's why it was the same thing I was saying with the Giants on the weekend crunch, too. Look at the pattern of the 2019 draft class wide receivers this offseason alone. A.J. Brown got traded, got signed. Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, they all got signed. Now, A.J. Brown was the only one to get traded, but a lot of those guys could be forcing trades. Obviously, Jefferson and Lamb and top guys like that won't, but who says somebody oh, like Jefferson's getting paid no, I know in that. the offseason? No, no, he'll oh. get paid, so he's not going to be traded, but I'm <laughs> saying the, the other guys that weren't first-round picks that are still pretty good, guys like Michael Pittman, guys like T. Higgins. Jefferson's going to make like 34 oh, 35 yeah, His contract million. will be insane. Yeah. He's going, Minnesota is going to overpay this kid. I mean, first of all, he is, what, 25, 26 years old? He's yeah. the best wide receiver in football. It's not even an argument. Anybody that sits here and says that he isn't doesn't know what they're watching. Uh, and one on one, nobody could stop him. The only person that really put those two, two two corners. Jair that really, did too. Yeah, there were two two corners that really put pressure on him. The Eagles, um, Slay and Slay, Jair, Jair, and also uh, Sauce did pretty well too. 
So Sauce did very well. Well, too. didn't you say the Jets exchanged though? They with did. Reed, though, too? They did. Okay. It was DJ Reed and okay. Sauce, but all right, the Sauce Jets did, did very yeah, well. The Jets too. collectively the two ten of the team. Yes, but yes. Uh, nevertheless, I mean Jefferson is by far the best wide receiver in football, so he's making thirty five million dollars. He's going nowhere. To find an elite wide receiver, it's not easy. They don't grow on trees, right? Okay, and that and that's that's the difference. If you have an elite wide receiver, you have a top ten tier wide receiver. You don't lose those guys. That's why when Amari Cooper was traded to the the Browns, a lot of people were questioning what the the, the Cowboys were doing. Now, obviously, he had the freak salary room, and uh, they thought C.D. Lamb was going to take that steps forward. C.D. Lamb played well this year. I just don't think he was Amari Cooper. So. Uh, un- unfortunately, right. I-, I still look at the big picture and where uh, these these wide receivers are and where these wide receivers are going. Hopkins could be the best best uh, available wide receiver on the market. Corey Davis could be. I-, I mean, Hopkins is better than Corey Davis, but and Corey Davis can't stay healthy. But Corey Davis could be cheap. Yeah. If he's a free agent, he's unrestricted. No, yeah, agent. he's not gonna he's he's not gonna get more than probably what his contract is. No, and the Jets, Jets didn't pay him a lot of money. The either. Jets only paid him twelve million a yeah. year, and it was only fifteen in that last year. My point is to Ben though, the Packers are in a, a very situation a lot like the Giants are, where how you win in today's league is usually unless you're the Chiefs and can get away with it, you need a core of receivers. One receiver isn't gonna help you. That's why I'm saying look at the twenty twenty draft. There's a lot of good receivers that came out of them there wasn't first round picks, and they're not gonna have the fifth year option. And I say T. Higgins, the Bengals have a lot of cap issues right now, too. They, had a, they paid a lot of defensive players. Most of them came from free agency. And they have two other good receivers. They might say, all right, maybe we'll trade him and try to get something else. Michael Pittman with the Colts is another good example of that. The Colts are probably rebuilding with everything right now. We might as well look at tra- trading Taylor as well at this point. They're going to try to rebuild. Why not go after someone like that and then draft somebody else at 15 too, Ben? I think that's the approach the Packers have to look at. They already got Watson, who's a young, controllable receiver right now, who looked good in the second half of the season. That's the approach the Packers should be taking. I don't think right now they're in position for Hopkins at the moment unless they could purge a lot of salary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Correa signs uh, back with the Twins on a six-year, $200 million contract deal. Team option for uh, 10 years for $270 million if he if he has 600 plate appearances in his final year. I know a lot of Mets fans were upset about this. And I'm going to tell you why Met fans should be looking brighter than they think. They should see what they have with Beatty, okay? Beatty did not play healthy all season long. When he came into the league, he was pretty on, he was on fire. Then in like for like a week and a half before he got hurt, he just couldn't hit the ball and he had problems hitting the ball and even making some dumb mistakes. This guy is a talented third baseman. This guy can hit for power and hit for average. He's one of the better hitters in AAA last year before he got called up. Uh, he was the Mets' best hitting prospect. The fact that they were going after Carlos Correa showed me that they don't believe in their farm system. Now they have a chance to see what Beatty is. If Beatty is a guy that can give you 25, 30 home runs and give you uh, a pretty good defensive third baseman and, and give, give you about 80 to 90 RBIs this year or 75 RBIs this year in his second year and fir- first full season as, as a major league player, you don't have to go after uh, Carlos Correa. As, as a matter of fact, when Manny Machado becomes available next year, which he will because he opted out of the contract, a lot of people think that's who the Mets are going to go after. Honestly... If Beatty shows that he could play this year at the third base position, I don't do that. I do not do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think they have to see what they have with some of these young players. You can't just give them away. I know everybody's going to say you want a sure thing. 
Carlos Correa wasn't a short thing, and I think the Mets knew that. I think the Giants knew that way because of the injury. And, and being put in the position that the Mets were when they decided to give him or offer him a 12-year, $315 million contract, when they didn't even look at the health situation, it really shows that the Mets were being uh, finally cautious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something that the Mets don't do. And it's Steve Cohen, who everybody says, oh, he doesn't care about money. And I remember all the Mets fans, oh, we got Carlos Correa, da-da-da. You didn't get Carlos Correa, but I wouldn't jump off a, I wouldn't jump off a plank because you didn't get Carlos Correa. I think you're in position, if you want, in the offseason next year, if Beatty doesn't work out this year, can't stay healthy, you have a chance to get Manny Machado. And they will overpay for Manny Machado. Why? Because Manny Machado is still, if you look at his age, Carlos Correa is 27. Manny Machado's 29, 30. He's going to be 30, 31 uh, going into the offseason next year. You're still going to get a quality player, maybe not a clutch hitter like uh, a Carlos Correa in the playoffs. And Machado is not a good playoff hitter. But who knows? Maybe uh, you know going to the Mets in a lineup like that that protects him a little bit better. He will be. So... And he's, I think he's a better defensive player than Carlos Correa, if you ask me. I think Manny Definitely Machado. Third. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just, I, Manny Machado might be a better choice for the Mets. And, 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 and really, when it comes to health-wise, Manny Machado plays hurt. He plays. Now, everybody's going to say, well, Carlos Correa, if you look at his numbers, and I love when Josh says, well, you look at this number, you look at that number. Carlos Correa played 130 games in, in the last five years. You have to look at the, the distance to the position that they both play. Carlos Correa never played third base. He never did. He would probably have to put on some weight to hit more power, which could put more pressure on his ankle where he had uh, you know, a plate put in. And might not hold up for the next three or four years. Right. Hence the reason why I get a six-year deal worth about $200 million and took a $115, $120 million pay, pay grade, you know, pay less. Mm-hmm. So it does, I think if you're a Met fan, you should be happy that they didn't sign Carlos Correa. Yeah, I'm, I was mixed on the deal initially because I didn't like the 12 years. And the average annual value was pretty good. But this current average annual value for the $200 million, especially with having Scott Boris as his client, definitely shows there is concern with that. Now it is 33. So it's still he still got a good amount, but again, it's something that Scott Boris you definitely would have wanted on the short term. Yeah, on the short term. He def- wanted a long-term deal. He wanted 10, 12 years. That's what he wanted. Yes. And he didn't get that. Yeah, Jeff, I I, I said it's 33 million dollars more. So, yeah, so it's 33 million dollars, so that is 7 million dollars more a year. So, I'm just saying though that with the 6 years, that was the only reason, that was the only way it was going to drop down to that average annual value, which definitely shows that there is question with that injury. Whatever whatever is found out about it, the Twins medical staff has not revealed anything to the public that we know about at the moment. It's right now just classified as an unknown injury and probably something that dates back to when he was a rookie in 2015 or in the minor leagues in 2014. We don't know how bad the injury is. Obviously, the Mets, they have a concern. The Giants definitely had a concern. And I remember the Mets fans when the Giants decided to part ways and and how the league were taking shots at the Giants that nobody will go and play for the Giants because they decided to part ways with that contract that they offered. Now the Giants look smart. They do. And if if you look at guys like Otani that is going to be a free agent next year, where everybody thinks he's going to go to the Mets and the Mets are going to going to go heavily after Otani. They might, but there are other teams out West that are going to overpay for Otani. San Francisco will pay him $500 million. The Seattle, Seattle Mariners will pay him $500 million. There are quite a few teams that will have, you know, the Dodgers will try and the Dodgers. (laughs) and, And maybe how about this? How about the San Diego Padres? Yeah. Because if they sign Soto, Soto, remember he doesn't have to be signed next year. 
Mm-hmm. Soto still has one more year left on the contract. They could sign Otani, bring Otani in, and then have Soto and Otani, and then give Otani the four hundred. I mean, Soto the four hundred million dollar contract, five hundred million. You'll have two five hundred million dollar players. It's not. It's not like the Padres owner is cheap, or right? he's not no. a billionaire. He's oh. got money, and he'll yeah. spend the money if, if it, it's fair. I think. Honestly, I think Otani wants to stay out west. He's closer to Japan. That's why he never wanted to come and play for the Yankees. Right. I mean, I, the Yankees offered him the most money, if you remember, when he was getting, when they were, to, they were talking international money. He wanted to go to the Angels, and everybody goes, oh, he's got a good relationship with Epler. I don't give a shit, excuse my language, if him and Epler were butt buddies. It doesn't matter. It's... To me, it's it's really where Otani believes he fits and where it's closer to home. I do not see Otani going to the East. I don't. I don't want to. I, I think he wants to stay out West. Maybe if the Angels Angels added some pieces this offseason, maybe Otani uh, signs back with the Angels if they if they have a pretty good season, they make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen, but a lot of Mets fans, the first thing I'm hearing is, "Oh, it opens up a clear view for Otani." That doesn't open up crap. Uh, yeah, Keith agrees with you. He thinks he wants to stay out west as well. I, I do. I and think so. Jeff also says Otani will be a Dodger. It's why they probably payroll this year. I could definitely see that. Probably. I, I think he stays out west. I, I, I do. I the, the 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 player that makes a lot of sense for the Mets is Manny Machado. It makes a lot of mistakes. He wanted to play. He wanted to be in New York. He was interested in playing in pinstripes. I'm sure the Yankees will be interested, but they're not going to overpay for Manny Machado, especially the money that they paid for Aaron Judge and Rodon. I think it's a clear-cut favorite. The Mets are the clear-cut favorite to getting Machado in the offseason if Beatty doesn't work out. I Beatty could work out, and, and they could say, you know what, we're not throwing money into this. We'll we'll wait. Maybe we'll wait until, uh, what's his name, he become, the pitcher uh, from the Braves comes available. Freed, yeah. Freed becomes available, and we, we overpaid for a Freed. I would like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. that, that kind of, but I hear Josh, we'll get Otani and Freed. Or we, I've heard Mikey say, oh, we'll get Freed, we'll get Otani, and we'll get We'll get Soto. Or we'll get wow. Machado. That does not sound like something Mikey C would say. Yes, he was. <laughs> but it's very optimistic out of him. I think Machado <laughs> is a perfect fit. I think Machado is a perfect fit f- with the Mets. But I agree with you, Keith. But I think Beatty, you have to give a chance to see what this kid is. I, I thought they gave up on him, adding Carlos Correa. And I understand they want to trade Beatty and use him as trade bait for Burns or somebody like that from Milwaukee. Which is what I wanted them to do with the I star, understand but... him. But you still have some prospects. Your, 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 your farm system is ranked 11th in the major league. Yeah, no, they have a lot of infield prospects. So they have some prospects. Maybe you trade one of those prospects. Maybe Alvarez is a, a chip that you can trade if, it, trade if, you, if you think you could find a catcher. I don't know. Alvarez did not look good when he got called up last year. He didn't. He, he couldn't hit. And, and, and he's a good defensive player. And he's, he, at one point, he was the number one uh, for, you know, prospect he was the in baseball. One prospect most of the season. In baseball. Yeah. You know, and that's crazy how he moved up so, so quickly. Now, we'll see what happens. But Carlos yeah, I would Graham, judge more than sudden, sudden circumstances. <laughs> I think Manny Machado would be a great fit for the Mets. I really do, but uh, take a chance. Give it, give Beatty a chance. Oh yeah, uh, they they pretty much part ways with Smith, and he goes to the Nationals. The Nationals. So <laughs> just to do uh, Daniel watch, Murphy two point oh, and watch he becomes a Met killer. Daniel Murphy two point oh, he becomes a Met killer. Oh boy, well yeah, he could be a Met killer just for them to only beat the Mets and nobody else this year because that'll be pretty much the Nationals. Um, what I was mentioning though with with the Mets mm-hmm. throughout the off season though is they're going to have to get younger in some hundred percent. 
because the Mets. They got a senior sitting a citizen pitching. Because staff. the Mets right now Quintana? have Quintana. I mean, how old is Quintana? Thirty four. No, the, the, the Quintana's thirty three. Thirty three, and then they have they have Verlander and Scherzer, both yeah. almost forty years old. Because because the, the Mets have started to get a little younger with the bullpen. Will it work? We'll see. But again, the rest of their team is. I like still, what they did in the bullpen this yeah, offseason. But still, like the rest of their team is. Not a lot of homegrown guys. Alonzo McNeil and Nimmo are the only three in the lineup. And then the pitching staff, like we said, is all all free agents and all older guys. So they're going to have to get younger in some aspects and hope it works just to keep themselves somewhat financially sustainable where they're not going to have to pay too many taxes, too. So if they can get something else to hit, that gives them leeway to be able to either save up for a move that makes sense with getting more depth or a younger pitcher that is controllable, or a younger player in- that is controllable, you know what's like free. You know what's so funny about Snuggin and, and 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 Jeff? How much they love Mikey C. Mikey C. Barely said anything when, and when he did say something on the show, I uh, he was wrong a lot of times. The only thing Mikey C. was right about, uh, in the truth, the the. I'm pretty sure the Jacob DeGrom thing, when he said Jacob DeGrom was the best pitcher, I said it was Wheeler. And honestly, if you were to ask me right now who's a better pitcher in the league, Wheeler or Jacob DeGrom, uh, in the last year and a half, I'm t- oh, yeah. I, I, it's Zach it's Wheeler. Because DeGrom has pitched only half the I season was, collectively. I, I'm just saying, it's Zach Wheeler. So I always thought it was Zach Wheeler. And I, I thought and I thought Daniel Wright, uh, I'm sorry, it was it Daniel, um, um, Daniel Murphy. I thought Daniel Murphy was the best all-around hitter for the Mets, and he thought it was David Wright, and I, he was wrong about that. Everything, Mikey C., the, the, uh, he was right about Josh Allen, by the way. I'll give him credit for that. He thought Josh Allen was the best quarterback in that class. He was right about that. There were some things that he was A lot of things Mikey C. said he was wrong. A lot of things. He said he was 90% right. No, no. Him and I both both weren't high on Christian McCaffrey, and we were both wrong on that mm-hmm. out of that draft. I, we didn't think I it, loved Christian McCaffrey. We didn't think he would ever be that good. And I loved Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So, yeah. so Mikey, C, my, Mikey C is not always right, and, and there was a lot of things. And I've called Mikey C out, by the way. He, he loves to attack his teams except the Celtics. Loves it. It's it's his favorite thing to do. Oh, I know. That's why I'm surprised when you said the, the all, many, all these people are going to the Mets that he was not. I have never, I have never heard Mikey C say anything bad about the Boston Celtics, hmm. ever, 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 ever. His arguments all the time was to protect the Boston Celtics. He never attacks the Boston Celtics. He has attacked every single other one of his teams. No, the Mets, I root for two of them. I the know. Giants. I know. He's Islanders. He, he never has anything good to say about any of them. Except the Islanders have an all-world goalie. That's it. He says, hey, I, and we've argued on the phone. And me, I love Mikey C. Mikey C is one of my closest friends. Mikey C, he only says something to cause an argument and go back and forth to the argument. Oh, I know. <laughs> he, he's... And I, I, I respect a lot of things that he says, but a lot of things he's completely wrong and outlandish. Mike doesn't even listen to sports radio anymore because he thinks sports radio sucks. Now, he, he says it's garbage on He says, I'll, I'll tune into you here and there because I, I know you're crazy and I know you have an outlandish thought when it comes to sports. That's it. Mikey C says, I haven't sat and in, in listened to a sports radio show like, like one of those sports radio shows on radio in about a year and a half. So Mikey C has his own opinions. Mikey C has his, you know, and, and, and some of them are quality opinions, but he is also a fan. He thinks, oh, the Mets going to buy this guy. The Mets going to I said, Mike. That's why I'm surprised you said that. I'm like, he does. <laughs> he, he, thinks, he thinks Steve Cohen's going to go out and, and spend a bundle. He thinks they're going to get Otani. He thinks they're going to get uh, Freed. They th- he, he wouldn't be surprised if he gets, they get Machado and Otani and Freed. 
And I said, dude, they're not getting all three of those guys. <laughs> they're not That's getting a long all three shot for guys. any team. There, there's no way in hell they're getting all three of those guys. And I, he says, you'll see, you'll see. And I'm saying, no, you'll see. Because it's not going to happen. Even for the Dodgers, that's a long shot. It's <laughs> just not going to happen. all three players. It's not. It's not going to happen. It's, it's, it's selfish for him to think that way. But, again, he's a Met fan. And, finally, he believes in his owner. And Met fans should be happy. They should be happy that they have an owner that's opening up his pockets and showing the fans that he's willing to spend to help, to help win a championship. Does it work all the time? Now, ask the Yankees. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, it the, doesn't work. The Dodgers work. had to get out of the salary the cap Dodgers, issues they were dealing they with. They won one championship. They, the Dodgers had to deal with a lot of the salary cap issues they had to carry over from all the Red Sox trades, too. Plus, Even now. I yeah. mean, all the money, and, and they have a great farm system. What have they won? Right. They've, the Dodgers have done something that still no other team has been able to duplicate, too, which they have a good mixture of high payroll, farm system, and rebirthing guys that didn't work on snug, other teams yet. Snug, and you say that Uncle Stevie will open up his pockets and pay for anything. Here's my answer to that. If this team wins 100 games and loses in the first round and he, they continue doing that, Uncle Stevie's going to stop spending money because he's going to realize that it, 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 it's, they got to build the farm system. Right. They still have to have a formula that works in baseball. They have to build a farm system. Their farm system is le- ranked 11th in the league. And I love listening to Josh. Well, they got this guy. They, got the, they have all these guys. He knows all these guys. They have good hitters. They don't have But pitching. we don't know what these guys Just like the Yankees. Uh, Jeff says, well, we don't know what they are. Mikey says, we don't know what they are. That's fine. We don't know who they are. We don't know if Pereza or, or Volpe or Dominguez, any of these guys are going to turn out to be anything. Maybe one of them. Aaron Judge was the only one in of the, the top prospects we've seen over the last couple of years besides maybe a couple of relief pitchers like King. King could be the sure. future closer for the Yankees. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, Schmidt could be a good pitcher. We don't know. We, you just don't know. I like Schmidt, yeah. But, again, even so, that doesn't, shouldn't stop him from seizing the opportunity of trades that make sense for pitchers that are controllable, and that's why I didn't really like the Verlander move. I would have rather had them go after... I would have rather had them go after Rodon. You look at what the Yankees got for him. That's a great deal for them. I don't think he would have taken that with the maybe, Mets. Maybe not, but even if he took a little more with the Mets, or even if he took the seventh year, you do that, and then you trade for another pitcher on arbitration, I, I think and you make that work. I only reason, I, the only reason why I think he got twenty, he took $27 million a year was because it was the Yankees. That's fine. He, he, he wanted to play for the Yankees. He grew up a Yankee fan. You've heard the stories behind the whole the whole Rodon thing. He, this was his this was his path. This is where he believed his path was, and he said he has a he believes he has a better chance to win with them than any other team that was available to go after him. But That's even so, truth. I would have been fine with the Mets giving him seven for thirty two and then trading for another pitcher at, rather than going after I just think, one Verlander. And I, I I love it. I love to hear Mikey C when Mikey C says that Rodon is is like James Paxton. I said really. Yeah. Oh and boy. I said you're on drugs. Oh boy. I said you're on drugs. Rodon has one of the best strikeout pitches, in, one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball. He has the best strikeout pitch numerically in base in baseball by a long shot. So it's for him to say that. I, I James Paxton was a good pitcher. There's no question. Yeah, I liked no him question. too in Seattle. No but question. Yeah. But he oh he had pre-existing injuries that were that year too. I think Rodon is a better pitcher. I, I mean, you're talking about one of the better left-handed pitchers in baseball. So, uh, again, I don't, I, we don't know what he's going to do with the Yankees. You don't know, and Je- Jeff will say that. We've seen uh, Rodon is a, a fly ball hitter, pitcher. He is, and Yankee Stadium is a 
power ballpark. He played for San Francisco. Power, you know, it, it's not. No, that's a huge ballpark. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge ballpark. So it definitely helped him out. He also played for Chicago, which is a pretty big ballpark. Yeah. So and so was a lot of the ballparks. Yeah. So we'll too. see if he could do it in New York. But uh, you know, it, it, it's a different ball game, and we'll see if Rodon could do that. I just also think. You look at Paxton, the injury issues that he had came in those two years before he got traded, too. Rodon's haven't happened as much recently. Nope. He was he missed some time during the COVID year, yes. Beyond that, they were all 2016 through 18. How many pitchers had the season that Rodon had in the, in the back-to-back years that he's had it? Yeah, not, mean, not, not many. Probably only Corbin Burns and Zach Wheeler, probably. And Freed. Hmm. Those are probably the three. That's- that's it. In terms of ones that have stayed healthy the whole year. Because remember, Shane Bieber had it too, but he didn't stay healthy at the end of that second season. And Justin season. Verlander. And Ver- oh, okay, yeah. and, Ver- and Verlander. Verlander's done it. I mean, <clears throat> I, the last two seasons, Verlander's been fantastic. Okay, and, so yeah, so you're, you're looking at four pitchers yeah. then in that case. Because Shane Bieber did it in his Cy Young year, but then he wasn't How healthy. many of those lefties? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, no, no. Only Freed, was, only Freed and Rodon are like the only consistently good lefties right yeah. now. There's not many And the of Yankees got one of them. Yeah. And, and it's something that the Yankees always want is, is that power lefty. And they've got two of them. They have Nestor Cortez. They have Nestor Cortez who – and by the way, this is what the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Pirates want to get Brian um, – Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. They want Cortez. They want Cortez. I Ooh, heard they want Cortez, and they want Dominguez. Huh. And the and the Yankees are not willing to trade Cortez or Dominguez. So Very interesting. That's why it's it, it's probably Reynolds is probably not going to be a Yankee unless yeah, somehow they take it way. down, take it down a, a notch and maybe. But who do we have? Jeff's back. Jeff, what's up? You're forgetting the biggest advantage that the Yankees will have going into this year. They're still the only team that get Goldilocks balls, so you'll be fine. For what for what home run record though? <laughs> Right. Well, but the, but the rest of the They're team gonna have still at the start has of the year. But the, well, but the rest of the team still have the advantage of playing in those games with those balls, though. Okay. So right. so the so the rest of the team's home runs will still be just as high. All right. So we have we have about twenty five minutes left. Let's go. We're not going to make our picks right now, but we're going to go through some of these games and our thoughts to these games and how they match, how these teams match up against one another. Uh, first game of the, of the weekend. Well, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so I'll at least give you my pick. All right, and that's fine. Uh, Seattle and the 49ers. I think this game is 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 a very interesting game. Now, uh, being that it's with the 49ers, you know, going home in San Francisco, the, the advantage, I think, lies with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I'm going to tell you why I think. Now, 49ers are by far the favorites of winning this game because of their defense. No question. Okay. But what I like about this game and why I think Seattle matches up is I, I trust Geno Smith in this game than Purdy. You, you have a young quarterback, uh, a guy that's never been in a situation like this. Uh, I, I think if Seattle could put a little bit of pressure on Pur- Pur- Purdy and throw him off on some of his spots, it's going to make him force the ball. It could open up the field uh, you know, for the defense and maybe uh, some interceptions in this game and maybe give Seattle an opportunity to really uh, – you know, take a pick six to the you know the scoring or or maybe even the running game. Uh, now I love what the defense has done the last couple of weeks. The 49ers defense is the best in the league, and they stop the run better than anybody does. But Walker is a different beast, and I, I think Walker doesn't he doesn't have any fear on the field. I think he's going to be able to uh, run the ball. I, I don't know if he's going to get a hundred yards. I don't even remember the last time the 49ers gave up a hundred yards to a running back. But this is a playoff game, and I think. I think Seattle's going to cause a lot of problems in the open field with this offense. Their offensive line's pretty damn good. 
And and they've shown this year that they can keep Geno Smith on his feet. If they can keep Geno Smith on his feet, I think San Francisco will have problems taking him down. I think uh, I think Seattle might have a chance to win this game. There's two things that Seattle is going to have to do offensively to be able to attack this Niners defense, one of which they're going to have to use their slot areas, their slot receivers a little more Mm -hmm. than usual because the Niners still don't have a lot of corner depth with the injuries that they've had. Jason Verrett got hurt this year. Emmanuel Mosley got hurt this year. So if they could try to spread them out that way, either with slot receivers or tight ends, they could do that. And number two, they have to have some pre-designed runs for Geno Smith too because the Niners can attack on the interior. The the Seahawks have the two good tackles, but that's really it. They have to try to be able to escape Armstead and those guys. Go ahead, Jeff. What do you got? Yeah, it's, it's, this game's not even close, but the Niners have the best roster offense, defense, every position, they're much better than Seattle, and it's not going to matter. Brock Purdy's not throwing any interceptions. No, he's not even going to need to throw the football. Christian McCaffrey's going to run for 700 yards, and if he can't run the ball, then they'll hand it off to Debo Samuel or run a reverse for Brandon Ayuk. That's going to be the Niners' game plan. They're going to run it down Seattle's throat to take the pressure off of Brock Purdy, and it'll be successful because it's been successful all year. Yes, Niners by a billion. Uh. I think this game's going to be a lot closer. I, I'll give you my, my score on who I think um, I think is going to win uh, tomorrow. But I think the 49ers are going to have problems. I, I don't think this is a blowout. I think Seattle will be in this game. I think be, Seattle will have a chance to win this game. And, and I know everybody looks at this game, how San Francisco is just so much better than Seattle, and, and, and everybody thinks that this game is just going to be an absolute uh, killing. I, I don't think it's going to be. I, I still don't trust it. It is going to be a killing. I, I it is going to be. All right. it, it is going to be a killing. You know why? Because there's not going to be any throwing the football anyways. There's zero throwing the football. No one's throwing the football. The field is a mess. It's been raining all week, and they haven't covered the field in San Francisco. It's going to be a slop fest out there. So whoever's got the control of the offensive line wins. Okay. And that's going to be San Francisco. Giants and Vikings. You know, when you look at this game, a lot of people like this matchup for the New York Giants. You're going into Minnesota. Minnesota's a very good home team. Uh, I, the question is, how are the Giants going to stop Justin Jefferson? That's going to be the question. Are they going to double-team him? Are they going to try to bring up a safe to under, you know, use the safety under underneath? That's going to be uh, the big answer that they're going to have to answer. And also, if they stop Justin Jefferson, how are they going to stop Dalvin Cook? They've had problems stopping running backs all season long. Now, Dalvin Cook has not had one of those years th- that really – sticks out uh, with with the talent that he has and what he shows. But I think that this offensive line over the last couple of weeks for the Minnesota Vikings has been pretty good. They've keeping uh, Kirk Cousins on his feet, and he's made the throws. And uh, being this is something that, that the Minnesota Vikings have been trying to do is win that game to get them further into the playoffs. And with Kirk Cousins, I know people look at him. He is not a good playoff quarterback. He has proven not to be a good playoff quarterback. I think he's only won one playoff game in his yeah. whole career with the Washington. Yeah. Uh, Washington no, it was with Minnesota. Was, was it with Minnesota? It Minnesota? I thought it was Washington. No, no, they they only made it twice with him, and they lost both games. Oh, okay, so he's only won one. I know he's only won one game, but I, I, I think he's due. I think this team is due. And, and another thing, everybody looks at the Giants and stuff like. I think Daniel Jones had a great year. Who do they have to throw? Who does he have to throw the ball to? And if they know, if Minnesota knows they're going to run the ball, they're going to stuff them. They're going to make them do things that they're not comfortable doing. And I think they're going to have problems in the open field. And that's why I think Minnesota will win this game, uh, being that they're at home. Two matchup advantages to watch. For one for the Giants, one for the Vikings. The Giants might get the benefit of the doubt of Minnesota missing two offensive linemen. Garrett Bradbury has been 
not practicing a lot recently. He's, they said he might play, but even if he does play, he's not going to be playing 100% healthy. And Brian O'Neill out on the right side. So can the Giants be able to take advantage of that is the one thing. And also, how healthy will the Giants secondary be? Because they got Xavier McKinney back, but he didn't look great against the Eagles. And he was okay against the Colts. But again, I mean, everyone was good against the Colts. But Adore Jackson, too, is the other one. Because even if they let Jefferson get his and stop everybody else, it's still going to be hard to be able to do that without a Dory Jackson because K.J. Osborne, who played, has played well in recent wins, and T.J. Hawkins has been very good with Minnesota since mm-hmm. he's come over there. So that's going to be a tough matchup. Now, the Giants did do well with Cook the last time, but, again, will they do it again is another question because they've had trouble against other running games. And then for them, for their offense, how healthy is their offensive line, too? John Feliciano came back and played well. Evan Neal's come back and played well. But still, that's a tough defense up front. Their weakness is their secondary. But like Errol was saying, do they have enough guys to stretch the field besides Darius Slayton? Yep. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I don't care that th- this is probably not going to happen. I'm still doing it for a lot of the reasons. I'm picking the Giants to win this game. Speedy, you just mentioned the offensive linemen that are going to be up, Bradbury and the other dude. Oh, right? hell yeah. Right. The part you guys are missing that haven't even mentioned, Dalvin Cook got hurt in week 18. He's not healthy. He's not. And the Giants only lost by three points the first time around against this team. With with less time to throw for Cousins. Was it in New and, York? And, at Minnesota. Oh, was that Minnesota? No, it was at Minnesota. Okay. Right, yeah. They lost by three points at Minnesota already. Now Dalvin Cook is hurt, and they're missing two offensive linemen. I think the Giants steal the Yankees' Goldilocks balls and hit 100 home runs. Cowboys and Buccaneers, Monday Night Football. A lot of people are going to look at Tom Brady. They're going to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've, they've won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. They have practically the same, some, most of some of the same offensive weapons that they had when they won the Super Bowl. But I guess, obviously, not Gronkowski. Or, uh, and some of the defensive players have not been 100% healthy this year. So... I think if you look at the big picture with the Cowboys, this is a big game for the Cowboys because they have a lot to prove this year, this week. Uh, Mike McCarthy losing that game with the last minute of the game. Dak Prescott sliding and not doing the and making the right play at the end of the game when they should have gotten over the hump. This is an important game for the Cowboys. I think they're going to put pressure on Tom Brady. I think they're going to be able to get to Tom Brady, and I think it's going to be. It could go either way. Now it is in Tampa, and Tampa will have the advantage because of that. And Cowboy is the Cowboys are two point five point favorites going into the game. The Cowboys need to put up the numbers. They need to go out there. They need to put pressure. And C.D. CD Lamb is going to have to have that breakout game that we expect him to have and which we expected him to have all season long. He has been hot and cold all season long. They need that, and they need to run the ball. Run the ball. Pollard, give Pollard the ball. Give Zeke the ball. Let this offensive line open up holes for them. Uh, Over the last couple of weeks, uh, Tampa Bay has been – lackadaisical on the run, in a run game. As something, I love their linebackers. I like White. I like what they do you know, all season long, but they've made some mistakes against some, some of the more dominant running teams. So I'm not saying the Cowboys are a dominant running team, but I think they'll be able to run against the Buccaneers. So it'll be interesting when you look at the big picture of this game. All right, I'm going to go to blitz counters as the big thing for the Cowboys. That's where I think Tony Pollard is going to make the biggest difference as a receiving back because Tampa loves to blitz. Todd Bowles loves to blitz with that defense, and they're going to have to do it more with a lot of the injuries they've had up front with their interior defensive line this year, and now obviously no Shaq Barrett, who's out for the year too. So they're going to have to try to create pressure that way. And Dallas's offensive line, they've had some injuries too, but it's still been pretty good. They're healthy going into this game. They're healthy. So if 
Vanderash is playing. They're all playing. If Todd Bowles can adjust to not blitz as often or blitz a little more creatively to be able to either stop Pollard or be able to stop CeeDee Lamb or even Schultz, too, who's been picking it up in the second half of the season, they're going to have to take away some level of a secondary target. And the other matchup is, too, can those defensive backs, Winfield, Carlton Davis, that played so well in that Super Bowl run, get back to that form? They were looking good in the second half of the season, looking a lot better. Can they play that well, too? And for Dallas's defense, too, can they be able to get pressure without blitzing either? Because they don't have a lot of corner depth right now because of the injuries they've had. And just outside of Trayvon Diggs, they're really not that good. But are you scared of the wide receivers all season long, what you've seen for the I love the Tampa Godwin's been great. Godwin's been great. Evans has been crap. Yeah, the question is, can they find somewhere Evans. Else? Evans has come on lately. Yes, he, he has. The last, yes. He just put out 230 yards I, in that one game. I like know two. what he did in the final game of the season. Right. I know. So can they can they win that matchup if you're if you're Dallas with those backup corners that they have because Tampa still has a talent advantage because of Evans because of Russell Gage guys like that and even their rookie tight end Otten has looked pretty good too which Dallas doesn't have the greatest safeties either so D- Dallas has to do it a lot Dan Quinn he's been more blitz happy than he ever was in his career with Dallas this year but can he lay off of it a little bit too to be able to stop those receivers? Good yeah, Jeff. This game is coming down to one thing and one thing only, pressure. That's it. It's all about the pressure, right? And I'm not talking about defensive pressure. Can can the, the Cowboys line get to Brady or can the Bucks defense get to Dak Prescott? I'm talking about the pressure Mike McCarthy is facing and Dak Prescott. They've been labeled chokers. And you're not going to tell me the mental game isn't part of it. That, it's, this game's going to be decided whether Dak can handle the pressure. And I don't think he can. He's facing the pressure of never having beaten Tom. Cowboys have never beaten Tom Brady. That's working against them. A little known fact, Bucks are a top 10 defense. Yeah, they are. They're a top 10 defense yes. in the league. That's still pretty good, right? The Cowboys defense is leaky. Leaky. Give me Tom Brady in this game because Dak's a choker, and you're going to see the slob from Bayshore crying in the bucket of coleslaw. <laughs> uh, he might need more of the coleslaw to overcome that. Dolphins, Bills. Oh. Dolphins, Bills, I think this game is just a complete blowout. But uh, that has a lot to do with Tua. But I'll I'll give you my reasons why this game could go any. It's not going to go anywhere but a loss. But And I'm going to tell you. You know what I'm going to say. Tua is not playing this game. I don't know how the Dolphins have a chance in this game. The Bills, they have a lot to play for. DeMar, by the way, DeMar Hamlin being let go uh, in Buffalo, you know, hospital. So he he went home. He actually walked out of the hospital. So that's such good news knowing, you know, what happened. Walked out of two hospitals. Yeah. Yeah, but he walked out of Buffalo. So he's going home. So he might play football again next year. But he walked out of Cincinnati, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's a great story. It's great. and, And he'll probably be on the sidelines this this coming week. Uh, for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills, so it's a fantastic story. But I, I mean, the Bills—they're they're just going to completely destroy the Dolphins offensively, defensively. They're going to get out the Dolphins. Topkins—you saw him against the Jets. The Jets, uh, the Jets weren't even playing all their defensive players in this game, and they were they were putting pressure on Tompkins. He couldn't do anything. They scored nine points against the Jets. It was all field goals. They don't stand a chance in this game if, if Tua's not playing this game. I, there's really nothing to say about this game. Yeah. Nothing. Basically, this is going to have to be a conceptual masterclass for Mike McDaniel. The Patriots honestly should be playing this game. Honestly. Because at least the Patriots would have been a more challenging game 
uh, than the Dolphins. Well, they should learn how to do laterals then. <laughs> but, yeah, they're going to Oh, my God, let's not get into that. They don't deserve to make the playoffs for that one play alone. I, I'm sorry. I, if the Patriots play, at least it would have been a challenge. Maybe the Patriots well, have a actually, chance. Well, actually, the next about, team out was the Steelers, technically, too. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that could have gone the Patriots' way that would have gotten them into that game. How about if the refs didn't screw them because Hunter Henry made that catch against the Vikings don't do, for a touchdown? Don't do a beef. Don't do no, a beef. No, 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 hold on. No, 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 hold on. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing it because at the time I said you still need to overcome it. We had this talk, mm. but that was still a catch, mm. right? Like a lot. I'm just saying a lot of things went against them. How about I don't know if Miles Bryant could make one tackle on one of the two kickoffs against the Bills. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude, make a tackle. Yeah. But yeah, it's gonna have to be some kind of conceptual masterpiece. Either they're gonna have to do a bunch of wildcats or exotic like wide receiver plays. Because yeah, Skylar Thompson's not a good thrower of the football. If the Bills defense can oh, hold that's the that's not first... true. They're a playoff team. Remember, you no, can't say I that like them a lot. The Jets, I like their were... roster. Oh, here he goes. I had here them as a top seven team here about a month goes. ago before they lost against the Chargers. But even when they lost to the 49ers, I wasn't that worried about them yet. But they're Because they're a good roster. Their defense will hold for a while, but they're going to get tired eventually if Skylar Thompson's either throwing picks or going three and outs. Oh, Keith says that DeMar is not going to the game. so uh, It's still going to be an inspiration. Yeah, though, so. absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure they'll have I, like I, a video or something like that. I'll, I'll bet he is going to the game. I'll bet he is. And I'll give you the exact scene. You want to know how emotional and crazy it's going to be? Because we have... Not the exact same thing, but we have a pretty good example. Do you remember the Stanley Cup run the Bruins made? And when they played the Canucks, Aaron Rome decapitated Nathan Horton in, the, in game three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he right. took him off on the stretcher. In game six, they had him standing by the rink waving a towel. Do you know what the scene is going to be like in Buffalo if DeMar Hamlin is sitting next to the Pagulas in the yeah. heated owner's box and he even stands up and waves a towel? It's going to be pandemonium there. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, bills by a billion. <laughs> bills, billions. Uh, I mean, it's it's not even close. And I know that Errol thinks that the Dolphins are elite because they mean All like right. Skyler All Thompson right. Stinks. Shut up. Skyler shut Thompson stinks. Shut up. Ravens and Bengals. If Lamar Jackson doesn't play in this game, it's not even going to be a game. This is going to be another outlandish game. The Bengals, the Bengals have been the best team throughout the regular season since Halloween. I mean, how many teams could say that they have the numbers and have played as well as the Bengals have since Or the 49ers. I mean, they've been unbelievable. And and Joe Burrow has been just unstoppable. He's been the best quarterback. in the. I'm surprised he's not going to win the MVP. Everybody keeps talking about – I understand what everything that uh, Patrick Mahomes has done. He's broken the yards record this year. broken Drew Brees' yards record. Fantastic. Uh, Joe Burrow has been the best quarterback in the league for the last seven weeks. It's not even an argument. And uh, this team has played fantastic defensively. Well, not statistically. Yeah, but I understand. He's been playing fantastic. And and when you look at the Ravens, <laughs> Lamar Jackson needs to play in this game. Because if he doesn't play in this game, they don't stand it. If Lamar Jackson plays in this game, there's a chance that the Ravens could surprise the world. Because the Bengals have a problem. They can't stop running quarterbacks. They have had problems all season long stopping the running quarterback. And Lamar Jackson is one of the top two, top three running quarterbacks in the NFL. So Lamar Jackson plays a big hand if the Ravens have a chance in, the, in this game. They have to run the ball. They got to control the clock. They got to keep the ball out of Joe Burrow hand. If they do that, they win this game. But it, it's going to be very interesting because the Bengals have so many strengths in this game. And, and, and being that they're in Cincinnati, it is going to be very, very cold on, I think it's Sunday, right? This game is going to be Sunday. It's on Saturday. It's a Sunday game, if I'm not mistaken. <coughs> I think it's the Sunday game. 
It's going to be cold on Sunday as far as what I, I mean, know. I mean, does it matter? It's, yeah, does it it's matter what they It's going to be really cold. Yeah. So, yeah, it does matter. It absolutely does. Because it's all it, – it, it, I think whoever runs the ball better in this game is going to win this game. That's what I, I mean, think is going to I mean, but they're both outdoor cold weather teams. It's yeah, not like Miami. I understand. They're, they're Miami traveling to Green Bay or something like that. I'm, I realize they're different conferences, but I'm just highlighting warm weather, cold weather. Hmm. Well, still, the Ravens are going to have to find other things, too, because we've seen in the past the Ravens not have a great passing attack and still be able to win on everything else, but they haven't had that either this year because their pass rush hasn't been that good. Their secondary has been really down for their standards. I thought they were the best secondary on paper going into the You know what's so league. funny? And I want to say something. Everybody thinks that oh, because what, what the numbers look and how they match up against each other, there's not going to be any surprise losses. I look at Keith. He says Baltimore will lose if Jackson plays or not. I disagree. Keith. Agreed. I disagree. No, I, agree. I disagree because here's the thing. This is the playoffs. And and just because when you look at the teams and you look how they match up against, it doesn't mean that one of these teams or two of these <clears> teams <throat> don't surprise the world and they have one of those games and one of these quarterbacks don't have a good game. Because we've seen Joe Burrow. We've seen him have bad, you know, bad first halves. And then the second half, he, he plays better. And, and if he starts off the, the first half and they, they fall behind 14 nothing or 17 nothing. And 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 the and, and the Baltimore Ravens play really good defense and, and do the things that they're very good at. They win the game. It doesn't matter what the Bengals do. You're betting on the quarterback that literally pooped his pants during the game. Well, I don't know, but I'm just saying the the Ravens secondary slash pass rush is going to have to get something because the receiving depth still has been very good, <laughs> even with T. Higgins being hurt. I still think it's a matchup advantage against Marcus Peters, a guy that has not had a good year. Marlon Humphrey had a pretty good year, but still was down for his standards. And can they get some? Can they win that battle? They have to start with number one because they have the middle of the field. Kyle Hamilton's played better in the last four games of the season. He struggled at the beginning, but finding a groove. And they have great linebackers with Roquan Smith, who, by the way, just got paid. And Patrick Queen. Paid. Yeah. So they're going to have to win some level of the outside to have any shot because, yeah, the offense is going to be very hard with or without Lamar Jackson. That Bengals defense is very complete, and they're a good hybrid defense. And against the Ravens offensive line with no Ronnie Stanley, that's had a lot of trouble this year. Pop, pop quiz, Speedy. Roquan Smith, what school? Georgia. No, Georgia. Pay the man. Pay the man. They did. I did they, they did. 20 they million did. a year. They just paid him 20 million. Right. Pay line, highest pay, inside highest linebacker. Inside Andy's linebacker. And he's given none of it away because a Georgia man is smart and he represented himself. No agent. <laughs> well, Lamar Jackson's. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll own, learn yeah. from that. He needs the right, money. You guys, I, I think that you guys are missing the main theme to this game. Hmm. There is nothing more enjoyable than the NFL than a team with a grudge. And a team with a grudge against, especially, the commissioner of the NFL. The Bengals are on a mission. They feel very slighted. They're doing coin flip celebrations now in the end zone because they feel they should have been ahead of the Bills and they hate this coin flip situation. They're going to win the game just to spite Roger Goodell and make his life miserable. And I'm here for all of it. I say wave the clown face towel. (laughs) And then, ladies and gentlemen, it is the Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This could be a really fun game to watch. Yeah. Two young quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert, both future quarterback, future stars in this league. There are stars in this league. <coughs> and uh, I, I, love, I love this matchup very much. I think this is probably one of the better matchups this weekend. Uh, the Jaguars have, obviously, the home game. The Chargers, you know, the way what Justin Herbert did at the end of the season, really showing off to in that big game, uh, you know, against Miami. 
I really showed you why a lot of people think that this kid is that Joe Burrow type of quarterback that can take over games and really put the team on his shoulder. He's fantastic. I think they can run the ball. Eckler is, is one of the more underrated running backs in the NFL. They're healthy at the wide receiving position. I, I think the Chargers have a very good chance. The, the problem with the Chargers going into this game is they're secondary. They're not 100% healthy. Derwin James came back the last couple of weeks. He's still trying to get his feet you know, under him. And I, I think this secondary was not as dominant as everybody thought it was going to be when the season when they added J.C. Jackson and, and the, the weapons that they had. I, I, I just I question going into this game, going into Jacksonville, how, how hot the Jacksonville Jaguars have played over the last couple of weeks. I think they figured it out. Peterson's got Trevor Lawrence playing at a high level, and, and they've been running the ball all over it. Uh, ATN has been unbelievable. This offensive line has played a lot better than anybody thought it was going to, and his defense has really shut down pretty good offenses. So I, I, this could go either way, and I'm not going to tell you my pick until tomorrow, but it, this is going to be – out of all the games, this kid could be the more funner uh, – that's not the right word – fun game to watch out of all the games. The offenses are very similar to each other, where it's very interesting where – Two smaller running backs, Eckler being about 200 pounds, ETM being about 205. And both of them, pure running-wise, efficiency-wise, in the last couple of games of the season, haven't been as good. Eckler's had a couple big runs. ETN's had a couple big runs, but really hasn't been the same since his injury. But both of them have been great with receiving, especially Eckler, who has another receptions record for a running back this year. He's been fantastic, but it's unbelievable. No, but yards from scrimmage back, he's, he's the best in the league right now. But when it comes to the pure running, can they get an efficient running game per carry? It doesn't have to even be a lot of carries either. That's what wins a lot in today's NFL, where it's not really dr- driven on just pure running. They need to run the ball. But they yeah, do. because both teams have receiving depth. Both teams have good young quarterbacks, and both teams have pretty serviceable, mm, not great, pretty serviceable, but not great offensive lines. So, it's the pure running game dif- will dif- be the difference in this game because the Chargers got Joey Bosa back. While they still miss the defensive tackles, they still have two good linebackers with Murray and Van Noy. And the Jaguars still have a good front seven, too. Now, their secondary is questionable at times. I like Tyson Campbell, also Georgia, Jeff. And Rayshon Jenkins has been a nice safety. But, again, they don't have a lot of depth. And same kind of thing with the Chargers. They're kind of top-heavy with James and Samuel, but not much else beyond that. So very similarly built teams. It'll come down to, I think, the pure running game with those other, even the backup running backs, too, whoever does it better. Yeah, I'm not so sure if it's pure running game. I do agree the running game matters, Speedy. But one of the biggest pieces missing in this game is going to be Rashawn Slater. I don't think Rashawn Slater is playing. He's not. No, no. He's he's a long shot to come back even like the AFC Championship game if he comes back. He was just clear well, to they just, well, Right, yeah. They just activated him to the 21-day whatever yeah. window thing. Right. So what a, what, if for he me, came that's back a, and played in this game, forget it. No, he's not. But he's not coming. No, back no, to no. Play. But I'm that, saying, that, I'm saying that if he played in this game, this is that's an advantage to the uh, the Chargers. Right, right. It would have been right. And so, and I realize Trevor Lawrence isn't a very good quarterback. I understand so many of them are better than him. But I'm going to pick the upset here, and I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it, I, 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 I realize he's not very good. Wasn't very highly rated. <laughs> no one had him at the top of their board. I understand. I think he's going to buck against all odds and overcome. And and I also like the Jaguars because they also have the most Georgia Bulldogs on their roster. <laughs> but of course. All right. All right. <clears throat> I mean, I think it's a big factor. I mean, think about the Championship underdog story. Pedigree. <laughs> right. Just think about the underdog story that the Jaguars are. They're doing this against all odds with a quarterback no one wanted. Mm. It's amazing. Shut up, Jeff. You're such an ass. 
He's such an ass. All right, Speedy. All right. Why? All right. Why? Why, Speedy? Do you not remember? He wasn't. He wasn't at the top of the class, was he? Listen, I've never said that Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be the number one pick. I've never said anything bad about Trevor Lawrence. Of course, you're going to uh, throw me under the bus, but okay. I'm, how am I throwing you under the bus? Because I know that's what you're trying to do. It's what you do best. I'm not. I'm not. I. I by don't the know way, what you're by to. the way, just so let everybody know, what a horrible day yesterday. Uh, my alternator <laughs> went I, in Hicksville. I pulled to the side. I had to charge. I had the cops pull to the side, guys. Pull to the side and help me jump my car. I, I get off the ramp, the ramp, and then I stall again. And my uncle had to help me. We charged the car up. It, it was it was such a. And then my friend actually put the alternator in tonight. I'm Why actually, wouldn't you just call Triple A? Because um, uh, one thing is is that I wasn't far from home, and that my uncle was around the corner, so it it, it worked in in that category where I just wanted to get it home. Uh, it, it it was just stupid, literally. Uh, just, I just, I, I don't know, man. And can we also cover something that was uh, a comment that was made in the comments? Because I, I love it. Because Keith was good at picking on me and saying all these kind of things. He's like, oh, no one would be choose to be an offensive coordinator if they were offered a head coach job. Well, that's exactly what Josh McDaniels did, right? Do you not remember him with the Colts and then backing out to be an offensive? And it's also exactly what Byron Leftwich did when he was originally the choice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And was like, nah, I'll go hang out with Tom Brady. And that's how the Jaguars ended up with Doug Peterson. So the fact that no one chooses to do it, we had two in the last three years. I mean, strange how no one does it. Well, you're, you're, that's the new patterns of track, Jeff. So if there's ever an instance where that happens, bet on that team to make the playoffs. The Colts didn't surprise faster. The Jaguars didn't surprise faster. Leave it up to Jeff, man. I think it's funny. I mean, just crazy. Like, it's not even, it's not even like I was like, oh, some obscure reference from the 80s. This was last year it happened. Yeah. Jeff. I mean, it's insane. It's insane what these people are doing. <laughs> he also thinks Nate Solder isn't that bad. The Patriots' offensive line was good. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't. Yeah. They Keith, were I'm a Giants fan. Because... I didn't think he'd be that bad either. <clears throat> right. But they were – like, the biggest stat for an offensive lineman is sacks allowed. And you want to have a low number. The Patriots' offensive linemen have low sacks allowed because Tom Brady throws it quickly. Uh, here's the other example. Forget Nate Solder. Why don't you go to the other side of that line with Nate Solder? It was that Illuminor dude. Illuminor sucks. Mm. Terrible. And then when he wasn't in, they played Marcus Cannon. How good's Marcus Cannon, bro? Yeah, that like one terrible. good year or two good years in like 2016 and He's 17. And that was it. And that was it. Yeah, he <clears throat> fell off badly after that. The best offensive lineman the Patriots have probably ever had, they just lost with Joe Tooney. Mm. The rest of them have been garbage. Yeah. When was the last time the Patriots had a good offensive lineman? Logan Mankins, and then they also traded him away? Yeah, and he fell off too. Well, he quit like a year. He quit like. Well, yeah, no, I know. He only traded. played one year with the Bucs and then retired. But the Patriots never have good offensive linemen, they're just good at schemes. And they don't allow a lot of sacks because Brady throws it quickly. He has the fastest release in the league. Like, that's just what it is. Because when these guys go to other teams, except for Joe Tooney, who's doing a terrific job in Kansas City, they stink. They stink. Keith They're says, terrible. Keith says you also don't win Super Bowls, six Super Bowls with a bad line. You do, because he did. I'm naming the players that fuck. 
They won Super Bowls because Tom Brady throws it quickly and because Julian Edelman might have made one of the best catches on the planet anyone's ever seen juggling that ball off the dude's leg. Right. Right? They also won a Super Bowl because because Pete Carroll doesn't want to run the football. Right? And if you and if you think the Patriots, oh, you don't win six with uh, with a bad line, how good was the Patriots' offensive line when they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl? Did that did that offensive line hold, hold up? I think that that Super Bowl, the Patriots allowed a record number of sacks in a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, All right Jeff. <laughs> there, his offensive line was objectively terrible, well. and if you can't see that, I can't help you. Right. I can't like I can't help you. They're obviously terrible. <laughs> when was the last time a Patriots offensive line made a Pro Bowl? I can't. I can't remember. Not sir. Oh, yeah, oh, they're Jeff. they're objectively terrible, but because Brady was so great, he hit a lot of that thing, a lot of that stuff. It's just like Patriots running backs. Are any Patriots running back good? Well, they're good with the Patriots. Hey, Speedy, how'd Shane Vereen work out for oh, you? Thank you for reminding me. All right, right. no no signing expatriates, Giants seems to be the pattern right. here. Right. Oh, but 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 you know he had all great receivers, really. How did David Gibbons work out in Tennessee? How did how did Deion Branch work out when he went to Seattle? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy the number of people that the Patriots have. Like, how many Patriots have gone other places and been good? Like, objectively, Asante one. Samuel dead. Right, Asante Samuel. That's it. Like, Chandler, now Jones, Chandler Jones, I think, dead. So Arizona Chandler Jones is very good. Yeah. Right. Even even Richard Seymour, who's a Hall of Famer, not very good for for uh, Oakland Raiders, yeah. when he went there. Uh, he was right. at the time. So, he was at the end of his career, anyways. Right, but when Patriots go other places and get big, co- hey, how how good was Malcolm Butler when he went oh, to yeah. Tennessee? Oh, yeah. Was he pretty good? That was brutal. <laughs> I mean, this is this is hilarious that like. When Patriots go other places, they're objectively terrible. The oh, oh, I'll give you another one that was good when he left. Because and and here you go, Errol. Because you, this will be true. Curtis Martin, Curtis Martin, Wes Welker. Uh, yeah, he was all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he he started getting a lot of concussions that kept him out yeah. of a lot of games. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I would put Welker in the good category because it was sketchy. You know, but all these people when they leave, they stink. They stink. How good was LeGarrette Blunt when he wasn't a Patriot? He was good with the Buccaneers. After that, no. I mean, terrible, objectively, with the Lions, with the Steelers, everywhere. Terrible. Yeah. So, like, it's it's so funny that, like, and, and here's the other thing, because Errol brought this up before. Oh, Patriots line are good. No, they're not. They just happen to have the best offensive line coach the league has ever seen. I, I said that, yeah. They do. Right, so these Patriots linemen aren't any good because they aren't going other places and are good. Joe Tooney being the exception. Yeah, that's not right now. All right, Jeff, we gotta go. We gotta go. Awesome. Thanks. Sounds great. Let's go, Giants. Huh, Speedy? Let's go. Let's go. Jeff from Tampa. Listen to the show tomorrow, 9 p.m. Who do we have, Speedy? All right, at 9.30, we will have former Chargers, Cardinals, Panthers, and Ravens cornerback Antoine Quezon. And then at 10 o'clock, we will have Football Outsiders, Editor-in-Chief, and Associated Press All-Pro Voter for the MVP, Aaron Schatz. Oh, I can't wait for that one, by the yes. way. Yes. Bringing back your arguments again. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 9 p.m. Tune in, baby. It'll be a great show. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.